welcome to the Dojo Talk Podcast. Please remove them shoes before entry. Sam Master is here, and you still have not taken off your shoes. Welcome to another edition of the Dojo Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Serial Sensei. We are on episode number 126. As always, you can listen to this podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes. If you're on iTunes, please rate, subscribe, and leave a review. You can listen on YouTube and Spotify as well, as also as well as Google Play. Um, you can follow us on social media at the Dojo Talk Podcast Facebook page and the Dojo Talk Podcast Instagram page. Send questions to Dojo Talk Podcast at yahoo.com. And you can follow me on Twitter at Serial Sensei. And you can also follow me on Twitch where I stream video games and fail, but I try my best. So you can follow me on there as well. Uh, that is all I have for plugs. <laughs> so as always, I'm joined with my co-host, Antaku. What's going on, man? I am sick. Yeah. <laughs> it's that time of year. Yes, that's that time of year. Um, this this is gonna be one of those uh, episodes. Um, Antakul is sick. I'm not sick. I'm just a little old and washed. Um, had a late night last night. I did not see any of these fights in real time. Minus like one and a half. <laughs> had a good night. You know, went out, hung out with some friends, ate some food, had a little crown, played some Mario Party with uh, Mario Party, which I don't recommend. Um, but, you know, it, it was a good time. But once again, I'm old, so I got home late. Um, I think I'm running off about four hours of sleep. <laughs> but I'm here, man. We're, we're here. We're going we're gonna to try to survive and stay alive to, for this episode. And then I'll pass out and die after we're done recording. Um, Same. Yeah. But Same. for now, you know, we're, we're here. We're, we're going to make it through this episode. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll give you guys a good show, and then uh, we're both probably just gonna go pass out. <coughs> yeah. Actually, I might go play Resident Evil. Then I'll pass out. I don't know. But um, yeah. So that was pretty much uh how, how my weekend went. Actually, you know what? Real quick, I want to give our listeners uh, at the end of like one of the episodes we did a couple of weeks ago, we had like a little health spiel we gave. Right. I'm, I'm gonna I want to add on to the health spiel because I've I've tried a new. Um, like diet adjustment that is, I've seen results within like a week. So, you know, I'm just gonna you know share my little my little knowledge nuggets. Um, is it essential oils? Nah. nah. Uh. <laughs> What's weird is I actually did. I never used any, but I went through a phase where I was really looking them up a lot, <laughs> and because <laughs> I am one of those people where like I I normally do get sick. And, like, that winter, like, that transition from winter going into, like, spring. But I've been lucky this year. Like, I haven't, I've had, like, at most, like, a stuffy nose. I haven't gotten, like, super sick. <coughs> Bless you. Thank you. That's, like that's going to be a thing. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. If you're listening to headphones or whatever. Yeah, that's fine. But, uh, no, nah, so my, my little, little health note, you know, for the week. I'll, I'll leave this with the listeners, you know. Um... I've been trying to, like, make a conscious effort to reduce my carb intake. 
which for me is very hard because like all of the best things have carbs. Like I love cornbread, I love fries. I love regular bread. Yeah, <laughs> I, love, I love cereal. You know, hence the name cereal sensei. That that's not just a name. Um, See, I thought it was because you killed people. <laughs> nah, nah. But you know, th- these are all things that are you know heavily loaded with carbs. So I've been making a, a conscious effort to like reduce my carb intake, um, more so like in the morning time, because I've noticed like, of course, I like I normally just eat cereal in the morning, and anybody who eats cereal in the morning will tell you. Like, you eat cereal and you're probably hungry, like, in the next 30 minutes to an hour. Um, so I've been trying to eat, like, more, like, nutrient-dense foods in the morning, and it's actually helped a lot. So instead of eating cereal, like, I'll eat, like, eggs, a uh, little side of veggies, and, like, some turkey bacon. Um, and, like, I feel good. Like, I, I don't get that hungry feeling again. And I've done this for about a week of like eliminating those carbs that I normally would eat early in the morning and replacing it with something that like actually has some health benefits and like I feel good my head's clear I don't get like as hungry as I used to my, my I can go longer without feeling the need that I need to destroy a plate of food yeah um so yeah man like but that's also just like if you're eating less carbs you're eating probably eating less gluten and that's the stuff that makes you feel so bloated right yeah so it's, you're, you're, it's all about just finding, like, replacements. Like, I'll never fully, like, get rid of carbs because, like I said, they're just, to fully get rid of carbs mean I can never eat cornbread again. That's, that's not going to happen. But it's about finding just little ways to find replacements. Right. You know? Just make, make little subtle changes and it'll eventually build into something. Because, like I said, I've literally only been doing this for about a week. And I feel just a lot better. I feel much more alert. I have more energy. I don't get like that morning crash that I used to get, so it, it, that, it it's like um oh wait it, it's like you woke up and you're like oh this is how people are supposed to feel right <laughs> like, I've been doing this for a week and now I look back like what have I been doing for the last twenty eight years <laughs> twenty nine really <laughs> of my life you know apparently I've been doing this wrong this entire time but yeah man just you know. Reduce the carb intake. You'll feel. I'm not gonna push the keto thing because I know keto is heavy on like not eating carbs. Yeah, yeah. I'm, like I was I'm, looking at that before I just started counting calories to like lose weight. I was like, there's no way I can do this. Yeah, I can't. Yeah. I can't. I know a couple of people who do it. God bless their hearts. That's that's not for me. But a p- part of that diet is is definitely on point with just reducing the amount of carbs you eat. And just, you know, replace it with more, like, actual nutrient-dense food that actually has, like, a benefit instead of you just eating something that's basically just, like, carbs and sugar. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's that's the health note for today. Do do with that what you will. Um, so, that's that's, uh, that's it for the morning, uh, the morning spiel. <laughs> Before we get started with the episode, as always, uh, got to give shout-outs and always special thanks to the listeners. Tumblr folk, Twitter folk, wherever you are listening to this podcast, we always appreciate you. Top cities for the week. Um, number one was somehow Cairo, Egypt. Hello, guys. <laughs> number two, Markham, Canada. Number three, San Francisco, California. Number four, Palhoca, Brazil. And number five, Los Angeles, California. 
So shout out to all the listeners. You guys are awesome. No matter where you listen, you know, make sure you share with a friend of a friend. If they like MMA or combat sports in general, or they just want to hear two people ramble for about two to three hours, just just send them this way. Hopefully, we'll we'll have something good for them. The world needs more white noise. I'm just saying. There you go. <laughs> you you need something to get you through that 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 work stretch. You know, after you get off lunch and you're looking at the clock because those last four hours just won't seem to go by. Yeah. So if you send them over here, we got you. We will carry you through those those last few hours of that workday. We'll we'll get, we'll get you there and get you home. So um, yeah. Guess we will start as always. Uh, we'll run through some news and notes. I'll make some brief mentions of a few cards. There actually were a pretty decent amount of fights that happened this weekend, um, but didn't get a, honestly didn't get a chance to watch much. But I'll give mentions of the little bit um, of what I saw. Um, you know, we'll, we'll pull our minds together for for what we both watched this weekend, and then of course we'll get to uh, Dos Santos versus Lewis. Uh, but first. Starting with the news and notes for the week, um, and it actually was a pretty pretty busy week, I would say at least compared to last week in terms of uh, fight announcements. A few a few good notable fights and, and other uh, news nuggets going on in the in the MMA world, combat sports world in general. So starting from the top, uh, probably one of the biggest fights that got announced: uh, Jose Aldo and Alexander Volk- ah, and Alexander Volkanovsky. That will be going down at UFC 237. Um, another big fight. Uh, this fight is not, uh, the following fight I'm about to mention, is not, from what I saw, a done deal. Um, but it's in the works. Valentina Shevchenko versus Jessica I. Uh, that fight is being targeted for UFC 238. But like I said, it's not a done deal. But it looks like that's going to happen. Just needs to be finalized. Um, Alexander Gustafsson and Anthony Smith have verbally agreed to fight at UFC Stockholm in Sweden. Um, Joel Romero and Chaka Ray Souza. Uh, they will be running it back at UFC Fort Lauderdale. And shout-outs to Joey and uh, Monte from Tumblr. We're going to have to come up with some kind of bet for this fight. Um, when it got announced, uh, Joey posted it, and he immediately tagged me in the post. And he said it's on. So for those who don't know, I pretty much always root for Chaka Ray. He's one of my all-time favorites. And you know everybody loves you. I, I love you well too. But like Jacare, just he's he's my guy. So um, isn't what Jacare like to win? Just like and I'm a Yoel Romero dude, but I want Jacare to win so one Yoel's like forced to go up to two hundred five. It's because like Jacare just deserves it, you know. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. So you guys, <laughs> if you're listening, bless you. Thank you. I'm, you guys, if you're listening, I, I'll think of some some little bit. Maybe just like an eight, you know, Avatar bet. I don't know. Something, something simple. It won't have to be anything crazy. I mean, that's going to uh, be a main event, right? It's going to be five rounds. I think so. Ooh. That spices so. up because Jacare at the end of that fight was just... Oh, God. Sorry. Uh, just outworking them, so... We'll see. We'll see. It's going to be... It's going to be a fun <laughs> one. So I'll, I'll try to think of a bet. Something I can figure out. And uh, I'll, I'll get back with you, gentlemen. Uh, moving on down, Aspen Ladd and Sajara Eubanks. Uh, they will be rematching again uh, at UFC Rochester. Um, Lord, I, this next fight. Uh, <laughs> I almost hesitated even writing this on my list. But it's a thing that's going to happen, so I have to accept it. Uh, UFC 237, BJ Penn. Somebody called his phone for whatever reason. I don't know. I don't know why in 2019 when, like, 
you need to fill up a card and they're like, oh, who, who haven't, you know, we got to fight? Um, let's call BJ and see what he's doing. I don't know why. I, I don't know. But BJ Penn is going to be at, UC, at, at UFC 237 fighting Clay Guida. Have at it, old man. I, I don't know. I, I don't got nothing. Clay Guida's going to beat the shit out of him. Yes. <laughs> like, Clay Guida's, like, his, I'm not going to say as good as he's ever been, but he's as competent as he's ever been. And BJ Penn is not. BJ yeah. Penn is tired after, like, two minutes of fighting. I mean, be- best case scenario, Guida takes him down and gets this over with early, and we all go home before this gets out of hand. Best case scenario is BJ Penn sprains his ankle in training camp and can't make the fight. That is true. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's the best case. Keep the cable cords ready, people. Throw them out, see if he's ready. But... Uh, also on UFC 237, uh, Tiago Alves will be back fighting Loriano Star uh, Staropoli. Um, also have Alexi Olenek versus Walt Harris and Nordin Taleb versus Sire Bahadzerda. Uh, both of those fights will be at UFC Ottawa. And the Marlon Cheeto Vera Frankie Sainz uh, fight has been rescheduled for UFC Nashville. Uh, moving down to Bellator, they have a few fight announcements. Uh, Jory Karakanyan is stepping in on two weeks' notice to fight uh, Manuel Sanchez uh, for the headline for Bellator 218. Also on that card... I just like to point what, out real quick, that's better than what they originally scheduled for that main event. Yeah, was, what was the guy's name? Ashley? Uh, Ashley Grimshaw or something like yeah. that? Yeah. No disrespect to Grimshaw, but... Like, I'm sure, Grimshaw, there we go. I'm, I'm sure he's a fine fighter, but like... Yeah, that, that for that that was a random headliner. Like you, you saw that and you're like, yeah. <laughs> like that 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 dude who fought in like Bama, yeah. who's never fought in, the, in like Bellator before, is just like the headliner. Yeah, but Bell, Bellator going Bellator, but Karakanyan stepping in, so that, that should be a fun one. Um, on that same card on Bellator 218, um, Lenton Vassell is moving up to heavyweight. He will be fighting uh, Valentine. Moldovsky, if I said that correct. Um, I don't know if what I, I don't really know how to feel about Vassell at heavyweight, but I mean, we'll, we'll, you gotta try something new sometimes, you know. Yeah, we'll we'll see. Maybe maybe I don't know. Maybe somehow at heavyweight it just all clicks. I like Vassell though. Uh, I always thought he would do better than what I've seen. I don't know. Maybe, maybe this move will just somehow work. Who who knows? But we'll see. But uh, at Bellator two nineteen. Uh, Mike Jasper will be stepping in uh, for. Um, why am I drawing a blank? He's fighting Andre Korshkov at <laughs> Bellator 219. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's stepping oh, in for Lorenzo. Yeah, yeah, he's stepping in for Lorenzo Larkin. Well, oh, I couldn't think of that. Um, Bellator 220, my homie. Ben Henderson, he's back. Fighting Adam Piccolotti. And also on 220, Phil Davis and Liam McGeary will be fighting again. That are rematches. Yeah. Well, I, I guess at 205, it makes sense. Well, just like in general this week. It's just like, okay, we're getting Jack Ray, Romero, too. Lad, Eubanks, too. Um, you know, Davis, McGeary, too. Well, I guess for the Romero, at least, that that one was a little different because uh, it was supposed to have been Romero Costa, but apparently Romero Costa is like the Tony Habib of middleweight. <laughs> like, it's just... <laughs> it gets booked and it just never happens. Um, the lad fight was kind of funny though, because like you go from potentially fighting Holly Holm and then they give you somebody you beat in Invicta like a couple years ago. 
So if you so j j just like not to t go on a tangent too much, but like I, I want the audience to know about the weird stuff that Stog sends us because <laughs> he just sent us a text and it's for competitive frog jumping <laughs> and according to him this is where he lives <laughs> competitive frog jumping oh man well hey man are they racing the frog or are they what is this? <laughs> I think they're trying to scare the frog into jumping forward. Oh, man. And it's shot with, like, the gravitas of, like, a UFC Fight Night promo. What's that one... This is a random... Is it, is it called Cornhole? Is that what that's called? Where they throw the little bag? Yeah. Yeah, That that's the competitive thing on ES... That was on, like, ESPN3. <laughs> one day when I was randomly... Surfing through channels, so. I, I think it's a huge indictment against MMA that it took like how how many years now? Like fifteen years, ten years, whatever for like Dana and company to get on ESPN when you have like competitive acts just, like throwing championships on ESPN right. too <laughs> and have for like several like freaking kata like karate kata the I what was it the IKSJFF whatever the karate kata organization is called, they get their yeah. stuff aired on ESPN, too. Yeah, boy, Dana, what have we, what have we been doing? I know. Over here. I, I just want <laughs> ESPN Plus to be nothing but nonsense sports. We can get competitive frog jumping on there. Oh, boy. That, that might be the home for the barbecue fight league. That might We might have finally found the home. We just got to convince somebody. Uh, I mean, we're less in debt than PFL, so... They're yeah. off the good <laughs> yeah. uh, Moving on down the news and notes. Actually, uh, speaking uh, speaking of PFL, um, they did something I thought was pretty cool. Um, I'm not sure how this will turn out, but um, I, I like the idea. I like that they're at least made, making a concerted effort. Uh, PFL is actually having a women's lightweight division. Um, is it bad if I say that they should all thank Kayla Harrison for this? I think they should all thank Kayla Harrison. I, I, think I mean, yeah, it's like it's yeah. like <laughs> oh, it's like the reason why the UFC had a women's strong uh, bandweight division because of Ronda Rousey. It's like, yeah, except on a much smaller scale. Um, but anywho, I I, I like that they're making. I like that they're like, trying. Yeah, yeah, like because you you obviously you know with Kayla Harrison you have you know as close as they'll get I guess to like a, a quote unquote a star like you you have a really great prospect somebody you really want to push and get out there extremely um, so marketable um like she's apparently good with media yeah so it's it's, it's a win-win um so now they they're 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 gonna try they're gonna have an entire division um the names that i saw listed uh were kayla harrison sarah kaufman Jan uh all right I might, I might butcher a few of these jana fabian bobby joe dalzell Svetlana, Katova, Roberta Samad, <clears throat> Larissa Pacheco, and Morgan Friere. Yes. Um, um, so. I know Bobby Joe Dalziel because she's like a she she fights for she's fought for CFFFC out here. Wait, CFFC. Yeah. Um, down in Atlantic City. Uh, Jenna Fabian's apparently like the WMC Muay Thai 
champion, like world Muay Thai champion. That Svetlana Katova is like a welterweight who's coming down. Uh, Roberta Samad's a former Bellator fighter. She actually uh, lost to Julia Budd on like a prelim. Larissa Pacheco, former UFC fighter, was on Tough 28 and got bounced by Macy Chieson in the first round. And Morgan Freer, I believe, is like a Gladiator Challenge alum. So, like, if you remember, like, Extreme Fight Series, hmm. it, like, it's in the vein of those ma- that matchmaking where, like, we're going to build up this prospect that she's going to be, like, 6-0. and But she's going to be fighting, like, soccer moms and, like, hobbyist jujitsu players. Was she the one? Because I, I I didn't write it, but I, I had saw their records. Was she the one that's like eleven and two? Uh, no, that is um is that Larissa. That's Larissa. One of these. Pacheco. Okay, yeah, I was gonna say somebody on this list I, that stood out to me. Like, oh, you, I was just surprised that at lightweight they they even had that many fights. Well, no, she's a bantamweight. She's fought as low as flyweight, I think. Um, like she she lost to Jessica Andrade and uh Jermaine Durandami in the UFC. Oh, so she's just. Oh. Yeah, no, like, but she also fought them when she was, like, 22 years old. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But, you know, she also got bounced by Macy Chiasson in the first round of the Tough um, House thing. So, um, and Sarah Kaufman. So, everybody knows Sarah Kaufman, so. Yeah, Sarah's fine. Like, I I said this, um, like, um, a while ago, but, like, I had a list of people I wanted them to get for the tournament. Um, like I, I would have loved to have them had Josette Cotton back just because she's a real like one fifty five er. Um, like <clears throat> excuse me, Edian Gomes, who I know was like chomping at the bit trying to get in this tournament. Uh, Felicia Spencer, but she actually just signed with the UFC yesterday. Um, or recently. Uh, uh, but she's the Evicta featherweight champion. Um. King Reyna. I would love to see King Reyna in the tournament, but I don't know how that would have worked out with her fighting in Ryzen. Um, you know, uh, what was that girl's name? Veronica Rothenhausler. Remember her? Mm. She's the the one with that cra- like the tall ass one with that crazy one punch knockout, and then she got beat up by like Charmaine Tweet. Like those, the, there were other women out there I would have liked to have seen like getting a shot, but. I mean, they did the best what they had. And it, it's a it's a fine roster for like something that's probably never been done outside of like tough amateur fights before. Yeah, right. it's it's a start, and I mean, yeah, I mean you don't hope injuries happen, but there, there's a chance somebody could miss a fight for whatever reason, and maybe, you know, they'll reach out to maybe one of those other names you mentioned. And I'm just like if Kayla Harrison wins, like I'm just hoping like. There's a there there's a woman at like, from 136 to I guess it'd be like 148 49 that's like hey Kayla Harrison just made a million dollars beating up on women who had no business fighting her I can totally <laughs> do that so you yeah. so we get like um a Kayla miracle or Kayla miracle or um what's her name shit uh. I don't mind gray. There we go. Like so, someone like that who's like an Olympic national team quality wrestler who just goes on and comes to MMA and is just like, I can make a bunch of money doing this because you know that's how the sport's gonna grow. We'll see. Shout, shout out to PFL for trying, trying something different. Yeah, we 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 appreciate your efforts over here. 
Um, and the last two bits of news that I had, um, Triple G uh, signed a three-year, six-fight contract with the Zone. Um, so that's the thing. Then <laughs> the last bit of news. <laughs> did it say how much money it was for? They probably didn't. I actually just didn't write it down. Mm. I didn't look. I just saw a headline. Let me jot this down real quick. Because I'm curious. Because I know Triple G like hates Canelo now after their two fights, and it's just like. I can't imagine him taking much less than Canelo, like, you know what I mean? Like, just based on pride. Yeah. So there must be, like, a sweetener in his deal where if he beats Canelo, he gets a pay bump or something. I'll see. But the zone is, uh, trying to stack up, man. They now have a stranglehold on the, um, the middleweight division between Canelo, Jacobs, and... Triple G, and then and uh my last my last note uh and and semi semi boxing related adjacent news yeah, Polly 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 Malinagi um he's back won't be in the boxing ring though um, I mean it is yeah it is well yeah it is just this isn't different. this isn't England they're not fighting between the hay barrels like um like uh Frank Shamrock was. Yeah, <laughs> Paulie's back. Uh, he'll be in bare knuckle fighting championship the next time you see him. Uh, and the plan is for him to fight Artem Lobov. Yeah, that 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 that's gonna be the pay per view that puts him over the top. That's uh that's the bare knuckle million buys. Like, <laughs> here, like here's the, like if Paulie still wanted to fight, I'm sh- like he could get like pretty decent paydays just going to like. Italy and just fighting there because like he's the last big Italian um descended like fighter. Like he's done it before, like where he's just gotten to Italy and taken a like easy fight and just got paid like I'm sure like five, six figures and just bounced. Like I, I don't get why he's siding with uh this Wyoming based promotion. Because Wyoming is just they hot in the streets right now, apparently. <laughs> Wyoming is that's the place to be. That's where it's all going down at. Kanye, what have you done? Right. Like, this is... <laughs> like, it's so bizarre. Like, no. Like, they have, to, this, they have to be paying good money. Like, I can't... I wonder if... I can't if imagine they got Pauly cheap. I wonder if they're gonna, like, ever cross-promote with, like, Dada's... Uh, what's it called? The Brawl for All? Whatever, whatever. Something... I forgot. We, we mentioned it a couple episodes ago. Get some bare knuckle crossover going. Oh, Dada, he's there as he's not a fighter. He's um, yeah, he's a promoter. But like the the fighters that he has, you know, he has fighters. Well, well, <laughs> all right. Let me rephrase. <laughs> the people who have willingly chosen to uh participate in the trigon, as it is called. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Dog... The, the bare knuckle thing. See, I'm, um... I'm all down for like dog fighters, like the 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 dudes from the dog fight league. Just fighting former UFC fighters. <laughs> oh God, that's so bad. The bare, the bare knuckle thing for me is just. <laughs> I, I feel like the way like, the way the average person looks at like MMA in general this, is like the way that I look at the bare knuckle league. Man, I'm just like, what is this? Man, if you're okay with elbows, you should be okay with bare knuckle fighting. I'm just. Saying. I know. I should be. I know. Like my. I'm 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 a hypocrite. I know, I know. but it just <laughs> it just <laughs> there's something about the bare knuckle thing where I'm like, guys, 
guys. Like, we did this in the 90s, but we don't have to do this anymore. You mean the 80s? <laughs> Whatever. Like, we, 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 we've grown. We've evolved. We don't have to be like this anymore, guys. Just, just stop. <laughs> I don't know, man. You, you people see, you guys have like been, it. you and Joey and all these other people have just been pacified <laughs> by Queensberry rules, and we need to go back to old school. John L. Sullivan hammering on some dude's head with no gloves on, just rope. <laughs> I don't know. You, they should do what they do in Thailand, like. With like the the traditional Muay Thai guys who don't fight in the stadiums, they they literally just fight with like rope dipped in like um, cement. Oh boy, trying to do the the blood sport. Yeah, <laughs> got some so the man got some glass. Just go in there and handle it all out. I don't know. I'll I'll let you guys uh you guys have fun with the bare knuckle shenanigans. I mean, I'm not paying for it. No, oh, yeah, never. Some people did. But Somebody has to because they keep doing it. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm all for freak show carnival and people making money. So as long as you know what you signed up for, you know, like, it's cool. I, I guess I, I'm not gonna be there. Y'all, Beck Rollins is out here making dough any way she can. Yeah, I ain't mad at. And Joey Beltran. And Joey Beltran <laughs> is a dude who should have been fighting bare knuckle his whole career for being honest. <laughs> Oh man! Real, real quick before we move on, um, cause a couple of these fights were pretty interesting. Um, just, just to dig in a few of these, uh, we'll just talk about the big three, the first three I mentioned. Um, Aldo Volkanovski. Um, I appreciate that Aldo has committed himself to just eliminating all of the contenders at featherweight before he decides to leave. <laughs> and it, and it's. I I appreciate that this makes me love Aldo even more because like he could easily be at that point in his career where it's like all right my my prom years are are behind me I've I've lost to the champ twice and you know I could just kind of be out here just you know maybe I'll fight every now and again I'll just do a fun fight but I'm not really you know I don't really need to be out here like that like I've kind of done it all already it's not not much else out here for me to really accomplish. But no, like, he's out here, like, fighting, like, legit, you know. He's fighting, like, a guy who's not planning on retiring soon. Like, he's still fighting the top guys. Right. Um, it, it does and, make me curious. Like, he said he wanted to box when he was done. Like, it makes me like, oh, are, are you actually going to go box when you're done? And this is your way of, like, building your, what you call it, your, your resume or whatever? I don't know, because I feel like they're... There's still, I still think, as, as good as he, you know, like like I said, I've said this, I, I think he, I think this showed in the Moicano fight, and we'll, we'll see how it plays out in this fight, but I, I've said this in his last few fights, that I still think he has more in the tank than people give him credit for. Like He is above be, and beyond the second best featherweight right. in this division. <laughs> and and fight, taking on Volkanovski, like, that, that's a tough fight, man. Um, I, I saw this matchup, and I was like, ooh, this... I'm glad Aldo took this fight because I'm like you, you can never say this man takes the easy way out because we saw how Volkanovski Mendez played out and Volkanovski, you know, man, he showed out that fight, man. He had he had his his coming out party, and Volkanovski just we we saw how competitive like that second 
Aldo Mendez fight was. So now I'm looking at Aldo Volkanovski. Like, this this is going to be a tough one. Like, I think Aldo's going to have to work for this. Right. But I'm like, what if he wins? Like, <laughs> what, you know, what if he goes in, you know, Volkanovski? I, I think regardless, Volkanovski's going to give him a really hard fight. Um, I think he's gonna make all the work. He, he's gonna be in his face. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a fun one. I, I'm I guarantee it's gonna be a fun fight. But I'm like, if Aldo snipes Volkanovski, so that means you took out Volkanovski. You, you just got done with Moicano. Where where else are you going? Are we making like another featherweight run? Or are we gonna go to lightweight? Like what are we? I think it depends on what happens with um with Max. Like, if Max wins against Poirier and basically guarantees himself a title shot in, like, the fall or early winter, like, you just have all those retirement fight be for the featherweight title. You feel me? Yeah, I, I, I guess so. And then you deal with, like, like it's going to be messy regardless if if Holloway uh, wins and then he goes up to lightweight and, you know, uh, or he takes on Khabib and actually manages to beat him. Which is possible, um, like like he can't defend both titles. Like let's just put that uh, like that aside. Like that's not a thing he's going to be able to do. So if he fights Khabib, if he beats Poirier and then fights Khabib in like I don't know, October or November, and he wins, like just like he just moves. He's just a, he's just a lightweight now. You know what I mean? Like he 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 really could just the one forty five belt. Although can fight whoever's left um, for the title at that point. And I was going to say, I don't, don't want to get too far ahead of myself. This might be a little biased. But uh, this little, like, all the run to me is still, and I'm sure, got jo- Joey, Joey's going to throw a banana at the screen. Aldo's furthering his resume. Yeah. And to me, it's further solidifying his featherweight goat status. Yeah. In, in my opinion. I know Joey's kicking and screaming. He's going to fight me after this. It's fine. Like... <laughs> but he's still... Because now you, you can't say, like... A lot of people knock on all... The, and I don't, I don't get this. I don't understand when people do this with fighters in general. They're like, oh, he only beat X, Y, X, Y. But, like, well, those, those were the best guys at the time. It's not like he was just... You know. But you can't say that now. He's fighting the legit top guys of now, of 2019. So if he gets past Volkanovski, that's another top guy. If if somehow him and Ortega uh, match up, if that ever becomes a thing, like he's still fighting the top guys, so the resume is just getting deeper. Right. Um, but no, that this awesome awesome fight. Um, re- really really enjoy that matchup. Really looking forward to see seeing how that plays out. Um, and then real quick before we. Move on to some of these cards. Um, <laughs> I, I felt like he snickered when I said this fight. Uh, Alexander Gustafson <laughs> and uh, and Anthony Smith. So is it in the fifty thousand person stadium, like it was last time or whatever, or the thirty thousand? I don't remember how big it was when he got knocked out by Rumble. I'm not sure. Because if uh, it is, I'm picking Anthony Smith. Yeah, he, uh, it. Yeah. I'm mad that I had the same thought. Like, and I love Gus, man. Like, I've I've been a Gus advocate for, for a long time. I I wanted to truly believe that this man was gonna hold the belt. Like, I felt it. Like, I, I just I thought, you know, he would give me that one performance where he finally got the belt. I don't I don't know how how long he'd be able to hold on to it, but he would just get it. And so far, that just hasn't happened. 
And just after the Jones fight, when I saw this matchup, I was like, Smith is going to win this. (laughs) Smith probably shouldn't win this, but I just feel like he is. Like, I just, I don't know. Just Gus, just. I like to play, I think in place at something called the Ericsson Globe, which is the most sweetest thing I can think to name anything. Uh, it's not the big one. It's uh, it's a uh, what is it? Seventeen thousand capacity stadium. So it's not the you know it wouldn't be the colossal. I'm not gonna say failure, but you know what I mean. Yeah, you you wouldn't get a. It it reduces the embarrassment if you don't, you know losing to in front of seventeen thousand as opposed to you know. Also, like, like I'm assuming now that everything's on ESPN Plus, um, because this this card apparently is going to take place on ESPN Plus on uh, June first. So I'm assuming it's not going to be taking place at like three in the morning, which is what happened with the Rumble fight. Um, so that might be beneficial for Gus. Like it might just be like live there, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like at ten o'clock, eleven o'clock there, which I don't know what that translates to here. Like maybe mid afternoon here, but that'd be beneficial for Gus because I, I think that 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 had a little bit of a part of it. And, and like you feel bad for the fans who literally they're just there to see Gus, and they stayed around till like three o'clock in the morning, and they were nice enough not to boo Rumble. Right, and boy did they saw Gus get folded. Yeah. 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 I don't know, but, I mean, prop to Smith, that's a quick turnaround. Like, you just got out of a title fight, and where you got battered, like, <laughs> you got abused for the better part of five rounds, and he's he's jumping right back out there. Um, Dude, so those work, I, man. I, yeah, I respect it. I, I respect it. Um, I don't really want to talk about Shevchenko uh, that much. Um, Hater. <laughs> <laughs> Sad dude. Do you think? Do you think Shevchenko stops her or just styles on her for five rounds? Because I can see her getting on top and just like getting that submission. It's gonna be both. I think there there will be a styling and then there will be a stoppage. <laughs> the styling is gonna lead to the stoppage. Like we're gonna we're gonna find out real quick in that fight that uh. You know, there are levels to this. Right. I, I, I think for Shevchenko's benefit, she has to go out there and stop Jessica I because, like, it, this division is not going to have someone who's ready for her for a hot minute. So, to, to, to hold interest, she has to go out there and just go to town on these people. Yeah. Like she did to that catch over girl. Like, you have to show the, mm. the, the level of, you have to entertain some way. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, Jessica is gonna give her that opportunity. Like, with I think the way Jessica fights, like Chevchenko will get the opportunity to show off everything she can do. Boy, if Jessica somehow pulls this off, I'm not ready for the post-fight speech that will ensue. Where she talks about everybody who's ever wronged her, despite the fact <laughs> that they've done nothing to her. <laughs> I'm not ready. <laughs> I'm definitely not ready. I'm never going to get over the fact that we all just kind of moved past the, that, like, the time she threatened to sue a journalist because he reported that she failed like a marijuana test. 
I don't know. I don't know. But best of luck, Jessica, man, because that is a uh, yikes. Yeah. Not a, it's not a phone call I'm looking forward to. I mean, title shot. Yeah, you got you got to do it. You got to do it. You can't say no to that. But oh, oh, hopefully yeah. Joanne uh, Calderwood gets out there again in the meantime and puts her name in title contention because that's a I think that'd be a fun fight. Yeah, that would be a fun. If fight. she can keep it out of the clinch. So we'll we'll see, but yeah, those those are those are some big fights, uh, big fights coming up, um, and then also you know Romero Jack uh, Jackery too. <laughs> Shout out to Monte again. I I never mentioned this because it was actually a while ago, <laughs> but back when we did our um our award show last year, um, <laughs> he got mad at me because I gave fight of the year to Tension over Yoel, and he told me we have to fight in a cornfield. <laughs> so at some point we have to shoot the fair one in the cornfield um which is wild because i just life comes full circle i was in somebody's twitch stream the other day and we randomly <laughs> there was a random conversation about somebody fighting in a cornfield i was like i don't know how i would feel if somebody laid me out in a cornfield like like, I live by, like, there are cornfields not too far from where I live, maybe about two towns over. If you get knocked down in a cornfield, nobody's going to see you. Like, those stalks are pretty high. Like, you're just going to be out there. And Better pray it's not serious, because they'll never find you. Yeah, they will never find you. You get laid out in a cornfield, that is over, buddy. <laughs> the person who works the cornfield is going to have to find you, because nobody else is going to see you. That's, that's, that's over. <laughs> but... That's uh, that's pretty much it for uh, news and notes. Oh, we got one, we got one more bit of news. Oh snap! Oh yeah, I forgot, 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 forgot. Uh, I'll, I'll let you have this one off well, since I almost skipped over it. Well, I think I think we have different bits of news. Oh, what you got? Uh, I got the early buy rates for UFC two thirty five. Oh, yeah, numbers, numbers, and guess who's a fucking draw. <laughs> <laughs> people really invested in Anthony Smith because the I think the early indicators were this card was supposed to do like three fifty to four hundred thousand, um, like that that's what it was trending towards. But according to the Wrestling Observer, um, the pay per view numbers um were any the early estimates were anywhere from five hundred and twenty thousand to six hundred and fifty thousand buys. Hey man, the, the Cinderella story is. Everybody likes a story like that. Like I think, it was, I, I think it has more to do with the fact that people are like, "Oh, Gus is uh, not Gus. Jones is actually going to fight." Right. And, and and we can't rule out the fact that it had the lead in with um, well, who was playing that day? Was it Duke, North Carolina, that day? There was some big game. There was a game that day. I can't remember. Yeah, and it it was one of like the top one of the top schools. Yeah, and that, you know that like that always helps. That always, uh, People, I don't think people realize what this move from Spike did to the UFC in terms of just like, oh, <clears throat> there are going to be two something million people who are watching this prelim because it's a prelim on Spike, and the move to Fox just uh, to FX just kind of, I think interrupting people's like scheduling more than anything just fucks with them. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, oh, I'm not used to going to Fox on Saturdays. Like, I'm I'm normally just here. I don't do anything. Uh, I, I don't really watch college football or basketball on Saturday, so I'm going to just chill here. But, like, 
I don't think people realize like how out of touch your casual fan who makes up the um the extra who like there there's always gonna be like a hundred and fifty thousand people who are gonna buy a UFC card. I, I shouldn't say always, but for the immediate future, there's always gonna be like a hundred and fifty thousand people who buy a UFC card. The extra people, like the extra like five hundred thousand people who barely bought this one, like they are not most of them are not MMA fans per se. They're not like they're not gonna be people who listen to this podcast, for instance. They might tweet at Dana White once in a while just because they want to live his lifestyle or something. But they're not the type of people who have like whole blogs and podcasts and go on like forums and stuff to talk about MMA. They're just people who are like, Oh, I like violence. Right. And that's why like I think we said this before, like a lot of people and I I'm just gonna assume this, I'm I'm generalizing, but I feel like it's true. A lot of MMA fans don't really watch other sports. Like, a lot of them just kind of stay in their little combat sports bubble. Yeah, it, it, so like, always... I'm, I'm sure if you looked it up, it's probably, like, maybe football number one, but it's, like, pro wrestling number two. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So, and they, you, you always see this every ESPN card. Like, oh, they, they, could, they always complain about, oh, this, this basketball game's on, I need it to end. Listen, guys. First of all, shut up. I'm sorry. You need to understand that this is a great thing <laughs> because you guys don't know how big college sports are. So you get all of these eyes who are watching the end of, you know, let's just say Duke Carolina, which is like what the, one of the biggest rivalries in, in college basketball. And now you have fights coming on directly after that game's over. So all of these millions of people who probably were thinking about, you know, what, I'm just going to cut the TV off, blah, 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 I'm going to go do something else. You know, maybe at like the last minute of the Duke Carolina game, you know, you know that like they split the screen and show like the commercial of what's you know highlight of what's coming on next. Right. And you see somebody get head kicked, and now out of those millions of people, I don't know, maybe not all of them. Let's say just a, a quarter of those million of people, like you know what, I'm gonna stick around for this uh, this UFC thing because somebody got head kicked and they made it look exciting. Right. You need those eyes. You need those people. That that's gonna make the numbers look good. And if, if that ESPN thing is like a prelim to a pay-per-view, some of those people, you know, may, maybe not all of them, but a good amount, if they got the money, maybe they'll drop 60. And they'll pay to watch, you know, Jones or whatever big name. They'll, they'll just pay for the big name. They, they, they don't really care about the undercard, but that's not the point. Like, yeah, maybe they've heard of, like, Cody Garbrandt or um, Tyler right. Woodley, they, but they, they're, they're there for Jones. Right. They, they know the buzz names. So you need those people. They, they they bring extra eyes, they they bring money because they <laughs> we've said this before the, the casuals make up most of the fan base. It's not as much as we like to think it would be the the people who sit around like us and dissect fights and and obsess <laughs> over this crazy sport. We're not the majority. If we were, if we were, we'd have way more listeners. Right. Yeah. So oh. be be thankful that this basketball game that you may not care about is leading into UFC because we're stealing some of that audience and it it's a win-win for everybody. And be thankful it's not college baseball anymore because nobody watches college baseball. Right, because that would go extra innings and that's, that's a whole nother. That's different. That You could yeah. bitch about that. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that I won't complain about. But, um, oh, yeah, so m- moving on. The, the other uh, last bit of news that I wanted to, uh, we, we both can share our thoughts on then we'll, uh, we'll move on to these fights. Uh, so Conor McGregor and Donald Cerrone, um, we had reported this a while back that 
there were like rumblings that that fight was you know gonna be a thing but you no know, nobody was really too sure but the idea was floated out there um i was all for it, it seemed like a good fight I, I thought it was a good matchup for both of them um so we, we were just gonna keep our eyes on that story so uh news came out the other day um might have been yesterday or maybe the day before um, so it seems like this fight, at least as of now, is looking like it will not happen. Uh, but the reasoning I thought was interesting. So, uh, from what I've seen, I don't have the article in front of me, but just to paraphrase, um, you know, per, per Donald Cerrone, he's ready to do this anytime, anywhere. We can fight tomorrow, next week, backyard, you know, food court, basketball court. He doesn't care. He's ready. McGregor, apparently not so much, um, because he wants this to be a main event, um, and I think as the fight stands now, it would have been like a co-main event, which... Which is stupid. Well, per, per Cerrone, he doesn't, uh, he doesn't care what it is, but McGregor's like, nah, bro, I need, I need my main event, <laughs> I need, I need my main event status. Well, I, I'm um, assuming there's a difference of, like, millions of dollars in it for him. Because he, he probably yeah. has something in his contract where he's like, oh, if I'm in the main event, I'm getting so-and-so. Which, which begs the question, why doesn't his contract say he has to be in the main event? Because we know that's a thing that's happened before. Like, Alistair Overeem at one point had that in his contract, that he had to be in the main event or co-main event. Um, So, uh, like, I, I think that... I, I, I don't think that that's not the issue. You know what I mean? Like, Connor wants it to... Like, um... Like, that's probably the thing that's actually... Like, it's not the UFC lying to Cerrone, but probably not, te- like, only telling truth by halves. Because hmm. they're, they're probably looking to save money on, you know, whatever they'd have to pay Connor. Um, and maybe they're not confident that he would do the numbers that he, w- he would have done without the title. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and see that? Oh, good. But, like, at the same time, the UFC has, like, four champions who are incapacitated right now, like, between DC waiting for Lesnar, um, what, who else, uh, uh, Max Holloway fighting for an interim title, who knows what's up with Kelvin Gastelum, um, who knows what's happening with, like, the, the Bantamweight title at the moment, like, apparently there's a rumor out that's gonna be Cejudo, and it's gonna be in June or something, but, like, you have 12 pay-per-views to fill this year and like a good amount of your champions are just not going to be ready to go anytime soon. So I don't know why you would like, and the, the biggest draw just so happens to be a guy who's not a champion. So I don't know why they just don't fucking fill the spot outside of, they just don't want to pay McGregor the money. You know what I mean? All right. Cause the UFC has done like non-title fights as main events before. Like that's how we got Silva Diaz. Um, and that and that card did good numbers, if I remember right. It was like six to seven hundred thousand buys. Um, and most of the other times it's been like last minute things where like oh the the the, the title fight fell out so we have to rush Dan Henderson Rashad Evans into the main event whatever. But now this, this just it just seems like a money thing. Like they are disagreeing over like what they want McGregor to get paid for this fight. I, I was I was kind of split on this because one one part of me, um, I mean I'm I'm not like a huge McGregor fan, but I'll tell anybody, mate, get get your money. 
Like, <laughs> get, get your money while you can, while you're still healthy, while you're still on top. Because you, you never know what can happen. Um, the, the sport can be very unforgiving, so you need to get paid while you can. Um, but then it's kind of, it was really hard for me to judge this also because I don't know, like, what card this was supposed to be on. I think he like, said I, June. And maybe they have a main event in, in mind for that card in, in June. And they were like, well, we can't fit you in June. We can't fit you in, like, July. Because that's International Fight Week. And we're probably going to have, like... I, I think that's where they're aiming for, like, Lesnar to come back. You know? Hmm. Lesnar, so they can do Lesnar DC. Um, or or the, uh, or Joe and Santos. Like, th- those are probably the car- fights they have in mind for that date. Yeah, because I was going to say, that, cause t- to be fair to McGregor, like, if it is the case where, like, it's a, well, I don't know, because I, <laughs> I want to say the hater in me, but I can't even say the hater, because I feel like this is logical. I, I feel like, and may- maybe I'm wrong, if he's on a card and there's a title fight, you don't have a belt anymore, sir, so. Yeah, no. I'm sorry, I, I, yeah, you, you can't headline. Like, yeah, no, I get just, that. Yeah, you don't. But if if he's on a card and there's no other, if there's no other title fight, then yes, he should headline, because that just <laughs> unless unless your main event is like, you know, I don't know, I can't even really think of one off the top of my head, but Lesnar unless DC. you got some, yeah, let you got to have a crazy main event for him to co to to co headline. Um, and maybe so yeah, I, I don't know this for sure, but maybe it's just like a thing where he's like, if I'm in the main event, I'm actually getting pay per view points. Like it could be that, which is a huge yeah. deal. That's where most of his money would be made. Um, I don't know. I, like it. So it, I, it, yeah, it, I guess it. I, I think it depends it, on where he's being shoved. Yeah, I I, I need to know more because I ain't gonna lie. My my immediate reaction was. I don't care that you're not headlining, sir. You got mauled in your last fight. You don't, you don't call shots anymore. I mean... That, that, was, the, that was the hater in me speaking. Yeah. Like, let's like, be real. Like, dude, dude, call shots because he's the only guy who was guaranteed a million buys every single yeah. time out. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I'll reserve judgment because I wanted to blast him. But I, I have to wait to see because I don't know. It's too much gray for me to really jump out. And But, but like I said, if, if he's on a card and there's no title fights... Then yeah, you no brainer headline. Yeah, but if he's on a card and there are title fights, and I don't care what title it is, I don't care if it's flyweight, bantamweight, I don't care who it is. You don't headline. I'm sorry, you don't have a belt anymore. Well, That's just like and I get it. Like you don't want half your audience leaving after McGregor fights Cerrone, right? And then like poor I don't know, um, TJ Dillashaw and Henry Cejudo are just stuck fighting in this like half empty stadium. <laughs> right. All the Irish people left to go get drunk for the night. Like you don't want that. <laughs> But you gotta, to, to me, it's like you gotta, even though, God, the way the, the UFC at least, I feel like, I ain't gonna say belts don't mean anything, but you gotta try to preserve some integrity for the belt. <laughs> like, We're about to have a card with two interim title fights on it. I know. <laughs> but. I just feel like championships, like, that's a no, they have to headline. Yeah. Like. If if the if the championship fight doesn't headline, then why do why do we even have? Yeah, it? like we're talking about the same company that put Misha Tate, Amanda Nunes over Lesnar, Mark Hunt, like. Yeah. And, and, and I applauded them. I applaud them for that because you know that that takes guts. Yeah, they could have easily swept that uh. uh under the rug. I, I think this just tells us that they have fights in mind for June and July. So. 
if we do get Cerrone, um, McGregor, it's probably going to be in August or September if they don't have anything planned that far out. Well, we'll see. I, I do. I hope they can work that out though, because I think that is a really, that's a really interesting fight. Like I think Cerrone, that dad, dad, um, final form Cerrone is. <laughs> He he's been on a roll lately, and McGregor's kind of in this weird place. I think in his career, where like, like we don't really see him that often. Then we saw him again to be. He didn't really look, you know, he didn't look too good. I mean, who looks good? I I'd argue he's the best somebody's looked against Khabib since like Gleason Tebow. Nah, but I don't know how much that's. I mean, yeah, you got a point. I mean, Habib just kind of does that to everybody. But you know, he just he got he got ragged though. He got he got beat on. Right. So I, I think it's just it's they're 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 both. I think it's just it's a perfect matchup. And I think for for McGregor, like this is a winnable fight. Um, but I, I think it's winnable for both to be honest. Um, but I don't know. I, I think that's a good matchup. So I hope somehow they do figure that out because I, I think that's a fight a lot of people would be would be interested in seeing. Right. So we'll I don't know. We'll we'll keep an eye and see how that that whole uh that whole thing unfolds. But uh so that was it for uh news and notes for the week. Uh before we get uh on to the uh Derek Lewis and Junior Dos Santos fight, uh quick mentions of some other cars that went down this weekend. Um well I'll do these one offs real quick. Uh, Tension, Natsukawa, and Takaru both fought this weekend. Not against each other, but they both fought on their own respective cards. Um, Tension, Natsukawa fought on Rise uh, World Series. Um, he defeated Federico Roma uh, via TKO in round three. Caught him with a nice little... Uh, I don't know if that was the finishing kick, because it was just a highlight. I'm going to assume that was the kick that ended it, but he caught uh, Federico with like a nice little capoeira kick. Like perfectly timed, alien mode. We, we know what you you know you know what tension does. So that was on a rise, um, World Series 2019. So I don't know if that's floating around on the internet somewhere, but go look it up. Try to find a highlight. It was an awesome finish. Um, and then Takaru fought on the uh, K1 World uh, Grand Prix event called K Festa 2. He defeated. Oh, here we go. <laughs> I just want to say he defeated Chuck Norris because <laughs> that's the picture on the site. Uh, he defeated Yo Yo yeah Yokitsada Uchenburi via TKO round two. Uh, from the highlight I saw, it looked like he mauled him. Um, so Takaru and Tension continue to do awesome things except fight each other. Just throwing that out there. One day it'll happen. And they're both young. <laughs> Hopefully they don't burn out before then. Right, we'll, we'll get Takaru tension when, I don't know, they're both like 36. Somehow they've had like four knee surgeries and it's not the same. Right. <laughs> but um, uh, other cards that went down this weekend, uh, Glory uh, had a card, uh, Glory 64 and Strasburg. Um, I didn't get a chance to catch a lot of this card, but from the little bit I saw it did look pretty entertaining. Um, in the main event, Cedric Dumbay blasted Harut Gregorian uh, in the second round and took his welterweight title back. Um, there was an awesome moment in that fight. Well, not really awesome. Actually, it was, 
it, it could have cost Doombay the fight, but you know, luckily he ended up winning anyway. Um, he he knocked <laughs> he knocks Gregorian down. He thinks the fight is over. Leaves the ring, goes to celebrate in the crowd. You know, doing the whole you know shaking hands with the fans. Fight wasn't over. Had to run back in the ring and knock him down again. Um, but no, he he mauled Gregorian, so he he took his belt back uh, in pretty devastating fashion. Uh, Anissa Mexin uh, Mexin uh, defeated Tiffany Van Sos and retained her super bantamweight title. And we also had D'Angelo Marshall defeating Daniel Score. Yeah. Score. I don't know how to say his last name. Score <laughs> via knockout and round three. Um, where, where's the Groanheart? Uh, and Alim Naibiv defeated Mirthal Groanheart uh, via split decision. Um, but there were some other good fights on that card. Go give that a look. That's on Fight Pass. And uh, one championship had a card, uh, Reign of Valor, that went down uh, headline for their welterweight title. So Sebastian Kadastam defeated uh, Georgi Kachin uh, via TKO on round two, so he retained his welterweight title. Um, there were some other notable fights. Uh, Moreau Cirilli defeated uh, Elaine Naglani, the very uh, superhero-looking gentleman. <laughs> um, but Moreau defeated him uh, TKO round one. Uh, Fothaw defeated Yoan Malia Legowo. Uh, via round one TKO, but like I said, I didn't get a chance to watch a lot of the one card, but not one does. A couple kickboxing, a couple MMA fights, always good stuff. Lots of good quality violence, so uh, go give that a look. Um, I guess you can mention the boxing cards. So you probably saw much more than I did. Uh, so um, over on Fox, we had Sean Porter fight. Uh, what is it? You're Dennis Ugas. Um, Porter ended up winning a, I want to say it was a split decision. Yeah, a split decision. In a fight he really probably shouldn't have. He should have lost, like, to be honest, TBH. Um, yeah, Ugas fought, like, a really good fight. Um, I'm, I'm not surprised that they, you know, they kind of robbed him. But, like, you feel bad for Ugas because, like, it's already hard for a lot of, like, Cuban dudes to get, like, these big fights. Because, like, people know they're going to be tough and, like, they don't have a whole bunch of name value to them. Because, you know, who, 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 nobody's coming from Cuba to come watch them fight. Um, so, it's always hard, like, for them to get big fights. And, you know, he, he got his opportunity, he took it, and he should have won, but he did, uh, but the, you know, judges. So, what you going to do? Um, also, last night, on, over on the zone, we had, uh, Dimitri Baval fighting Joe Smith Jr. For those who don't remember Joe Smith Jr., he is the man who sent um, uh, Bernard Hopkins through the ropes and it will uh, turn out to be Hopkins' last fight. We don't have to bring that up. Uh, we did. We, I did. There's nothing you could do to stop me. There's some things we just need to forget. <laughs> I mean, if it makes you feel any better, Bavol beat the crap out of him for, like, 12 rounds. Yeah, he deserved it. Every bit of it. <laughs> yeah, no, just, like... I, I think the judges gave Smith, like, one round. Um, so, shouts to Bavol. I don't know what he's going to do, because Sergei Kovalev, I think it's, like, on ESPN... Um, who's the other dude that lay heavyweight right now? Um, what's his name? Uh, here we go. 
Yeah, uh, I, I, uh, Godzivik, Godzivik, I suck at names. I think Godzivik's with PBC. I could be wrong about that. No, he's on ESPN too. So, like, there's not a whole bunch out there for him at light heavyweight. They were theorizing that he might jump down to, um, to 168 to go fight Kyle uh, Smith. Um, which would be a good fight. Um, and it would open up the potential fights with like Canelo and Danny Jacobs and Gennady Glovkin if whoever comes out of that heap ever decides they want to move up to 168. And they're on the same net, uh, they're all on the same platform with the zone. So it's a possibility. Um, is there anything else on that card? Uh, uh, if you're following Maurice Hooker's rise up the like through the rankings, um, he beat up some dude, Mikel Lespierre, who probably had no business being in there with him, but took him to a decision, so it was fine. Um, Delphine Persoon, uh, one of the top female pound for pound boxers on the planet, uh, took on Melissa St. Ville and got her to quit on the stool. Um, and that's really it. Um, Nice little weekend for boxing, and we have uh, Tevin Farmer fighting this week, and Errol Spence Jr. versus Mikey Garcia on pay per view. So, hey. if you're willing to put down, I'm going to assume the seventy five dollars. Have no idea. PBC is crazy with these pricings. Like, what was it for? I think that's what it was for Pacquiao versus Broner. It was like seventy five bucks. <laughs> Yo, uh, he bought that card, buddy. I mean, you did to yourself. <laughs> yeah, yikes. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> yeah, so you know, good weekend of fights. There were a lot, and there was somebody even didn't even mention. Like, I think Cage Warriors had a card. Yeah, I think Nicholas Dalby has like an interim belt now. Um, so yeah, there were there were a lot of fights this weekend. So go on Fight Pass. There's a lot of stuff uh, you probably missed. Uh, so you know, do do your googles, do your research. A lot, lot, lot of violence that went down this weekend. But moving on, man. Alrighty. To the main event of the evening. <coughs> Excuse me. I almost died. Uh, going down in Wichita, Kansas. We had UFC Fight Night on ESPN Plus 4. So, question. <laughs> Is every JDS fight just going to be a random, like, market opener from now on? Because, like, in the Midwest, because that's, that's what it feels like. Because they had him fight in freaking Iowa, like, like before his last fight with Tai Tuivasa. I don't know, something about, <laughs> something about JDS Green's mid Midwest sensation. <laughs> uh, I don't know, he's a likable guy. Uh, I don't know. Uh, it was, I'm sorry, it was <laughs> Idaho. Idaho. That's no better. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe he's the only one who's like willingly wanting to fight in these just random, you know. I don't think you can call anybody up like, yo, we got a fight. It's going down in Wichita. Are you down? You know, I don't think anybody's jumping up and down for that. Yeah. Maybe he's the only one. He doesn't even know what Wichita like, is, probably. Wichita's a real thing. I thought, um, what is it? Seven Nation Army or whatever made that up. Right. <laughs> they conned him into it. He thought he was going somewhere else. By the time he signed the contract, it was too late. I think this just points out that JDS doesn't have a very good geographic sense of what the United States is like. 
like he, he, I think he's, is he at ATT or is he still in Brazil? I don't know. He's just like, oh, sure. uh, Wichita, that sounds like, that sounds really fancy and nice. It, I can't blame him. I'm not geographically aware, really, either. He's like, wait, what the hell is Kansas? <laughs> well, he went, went on down to Kansas, as did the rest of these, uh, these fighters. Had, had, had a little vent, a little, little fisticuffs this weekend. Uh, so this ESPN Plus card was headlined of Junior Dos Santos versus Derek Lewis. So we will just jump uh, right into it. Um, so I'll, I'll preface this event uh, or this breakdown of pretty much this whole card by saying I I pretty much watched this card this morning. Um, I went out last night, so the only two fights I saw in real time were like prelim fights that I barely remember. So uh, I had to rewatch these this morning. Did not see any of this in real time. I'm just, uh, I'm just gonna throw this out there. I am still sick. Like, I was sick yesterday, and I was, I passively watched this card because my brain was fried. Because <laughs> I was like, we're going to make it. I, I thought I was going to, like, I thought, I, oh, you know what? I'm going to go play basketball because that's what clears my head when I'm sick. And it was a bad idea. Yeah, that's, we're going to make it. We're, we're, we're going to get through. Um, <laughs> but no, nah, man. Bless you. But this main event, uh, Pretty, uh, I feel like for heavyweight fights, you can't ask for too much. So when I get something that's even remotely fun, I'm ecstatic. Um, and I, but I'm always looking to a Derek, uh, always looking forward to a Derek Lewis fight. And JDS is like my all time favorite heavyweight. So I, I knew this, this fight was going to give me something. Um, wasn't sure what was going to happen because Derek Lewis just has that crazy life ending power. And, you know, JDS has been on a good roll as of late. Um, and that actually continued. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that. But, like, you just still never know. Um, especially against a guy like Lewis. Like you said, he just, he has that one, he has that, that one hit a quitter, you know, that's liable to happen during any moment of the fight, no matter how much he's losing. So you just, you never know what's going to happen. But, um, you know, as a poor, poor Alexander Volkov had to find out at the last minute. <laughs> but... Nah, man, I, I like I like I like what I saw from JDS in this fight. Um, he's moving good, you know. He looks looks re-energized. He looks more confident. Like the, the Kane fight, like took like five to ten years off his life, and I feel like these, in these last couple fights, he's gained like a couple years back. Like he looks he looks better now. He just I don't know. Maybe 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 I'm just happy to see him win. I, I feel like he just looks better out there. He looks more comfortable. I, I think I um, think in part that just has to do with like the the the. I'm not gonna say the quality of his competition, but like the styling of his competition, because he's been fighting a bunch of like slow-footed brawlers, like even going back to before the last Stipe fight where he boxed up Ben Rafa, we were all surprised he could still do that. Yeah. No, heavyweight is a lot of slow-footed. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. The, like yeah. Who, who's JDS losing to? He's losing to Cain Velasquez, Stephen Miocic, and Alistair Overeem, like the three quickest guys in this division when it comes to foot speed, which is where yeah. he struggles. Like he struggles yeah. with the footwork, and, and in this fight we saw like you know he, he's very he's still a very good in and out boxer. When he yeah. to be. Nice, still still good with the the body shots that that body jab he always always throws. Um, Right hand firing that off, um, Rock Lewis with the right hand in the first round, um, but Lewis man he has some scary. <laughs> he, 
every time he throws, it's just like, oh, he could end it right he's here. He's got that leave me alone power. Right. Where he's not quite <laughs> counterpunching, but if you try to close distance on him and he is hurt, he's like, leave me the fuck alone. Right. <laughs> you you got back back. <laughs> I'm about to catch you with one. You think it's sweet right now. Because he, he caught... There, there were a couple of moments, especially in the first, where, like, JDS would rock him or catch him with a good one. And then JDS would rush in, and they, they would exchange. And JDS had to back up a little bit because it's... Well, dude, he almost got knocked out. Yeah. The same thing Tai Tuivasa <laughs> did to him. Yeah. Where he swung, and, like, Derek Lewis was just right there and ready and able to, like, crack him with that right hand. Yeah, he... Yeah, that that's that's what made this fight for me like really intense to to watch because like man, JDS, you you still like clearly JDS is like the better like striker, you know, just better technician in general. But Lewis just has that kind of power that you just you can't play with it, man. You cannot take any chance. Right. But nah, he he stunned he he rocked Lewis in the first. Um, one thing I did like that Lewis did do um, every time JDS would go for like that leg kick or that calf kick, he was trying to counter with the overhand. Um, and he caught him. He caught him a couple times. So JDS had to be really, really wary of that. Um, there was one moment I can't remember if it was in the first or second where <laughs> JDS <laughs> he threw the leg kick. Lewis like he was going to counter and JDS just like almost ducked to the floor like he fell over. <laughs> he knew it was coming. Right. But um, nah. J- JDS landed a nasty spinning back kick that caught Lewis like right in the gut, and then Lewis had a a, a Scott Smith Pete Cell moment where he's bending over. He looks like he's out of there. JDS rushes in, and and Lewis just uncorks a right hand, um, and the fight looks like it's about to go another way. But um, you know JDS gets out of it. And for for a second, it looked like Lewis was playing possum, but he kind of kept grabbing his gut, and JDS rushed him a couple times, and he it, definitely took advantage yeah. of that because Lewis just—it it was pretty clear that Lewis was just hurt. Yeah, he he was going through it. <laughs> like, like he, you can't have a glass body at heavyweight. I mean, it works for Lewis because he could hit really hard, but like. It's the worst case of glass body since, like, Matt Brown. That's basically it. Like, you hit him in the body, and he is doubled over in pain for the rest of the fight, even if he manages to come back and win. Yeah, because even after those flurries, he was holding his gut for the rest of the round. Like, and then JDS was was able to capitalize. And then, you know, in in typical JDS fashion, his, his right hand is pretty dangerous. Uh, more often than not, if he catches you with that, it's probably not going to be a good night for you. <laughs> um, and in the second round, he kind of like pawed. I think he like kind of pawed with the left, came over with the overhand right, cracked Lewis, and then it was pretty much over from there. Like Lewis was trying to survive, but JDS just kind of swarmed him, landed uppercuts, just 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 didn't really let him breathe. And then next thing you know, Lewis is on the ground. And JDS is hovering over him, dropping bombs, and it's it's over. It, it it was a fun fight though. Like it was, it was one of those fights where you just you knew JDS was like the better overall fighter, but like every time Lewis would land a hard shot, it was like ooh, like this could easily go the other way really quick. Right. 
um, if if JDS doesn't care. But like I said, overall though, I, I like what I saw from JDS. You know, he was moving really well. Combination still crisp, still throwing the body shot. Um, I really like during this like second half of his career how he's really gotten better at using kicks. Like that spinning back kick has been a nice little addition to his arsenal, and he he seems to place it well when he does throw it. So um, good good performance from JDS, who slowly quietly on what three fight one streak. Three fight one streak. Yeah, man. So shout shout out to JDS, man. The nice we we've seen some lows from him. And it's it's nice to see him be 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 on the up and up. I think they're just always going. Well, not always. Like he's eventually going to physically just not be as quick as he used to be. But I, I think it's pretty clear that like JDS is just stylistic poison for a lot of these dudes at heavyweight because like they're so reliant on the other guy just standing there. And for all of JDS's faults, that's just not a thing he really does. Yeah. So, you know, you know it, it's, he's, he's going to have a nice little run as long as he doesn't fight, like, a Stipe Miocic again. Like, I like I don't know if I said this on the show, but like, I think he's a hard matchup for Francis Ngannou. Like, I don't think he could be bullied like Alistair Overeem could be bullied. No, and that, I would like that fight. That, and that's what I was trying to wonder after this, like, because JDS is another one of those guys where he's kind of in a weird position to where, like, you've you've lost to the champ. Um, oh, oh, sorry, I forgot. You didn't lose. You never fought DC. But <laughs> you, you lost to Stipe. Um, you, you've had a couple of fights where you really just kind of got bludgeoned. Um, so, like, what do you do with him next? Because, I mean, at heavyweight, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> this division is like three years removed from freaking Frank Mir fighting from the title, like or whatever. Right. Like, <laughs> so it's like, like JDS realistically is like a fight away from like a title it, shot. Yeah, if it wasn't for freaking Lesnar, he might get a title shot. Yeah. So just because they don't like Stipe, apparently. So like I don't I don't know what you I don't know what you do with JDS. Um. Because he's beating guys like Lewis. He's still in that upper echelon. He's still hanging around there. So you can't really feed him, you know. You can't, you can't give him the no names. You know, he's still in that upper that upper half of the division. So. Yeah. Like I said, do the Ngano fight on the same card you do the, um, the Lesnar-DC fight if you can get it. Yeah, and the, yeah, and that pretty much. You I mean, know, that and, was, and if DC wins and retires with the belt, you could just run back to Stipe fight because they, 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 it's what it won, right? Yep. So, so, we'll, we'll, we'll see. But um, how do you uh, feel about it overall? That was a fun. That was a fun fight. Like it's about what I expected. Maybe Lewis got like a little bit more work done than I thought he would in the first round, but um. Like, uh, JDS is just, like, one of those dudes who's at heavyweight who punches to the body, which, like, in this division, you'd think would be, like, a really common thing just because you're a 240, 50-pound dude. You hit somebody in their liver. They're not getting up, you know? But... Right. Especially the division where everybody gets tired really quickly. Like you hit somebody with a body jab a few times, and like you, you figure it will drain their gas tank really quickly. But it's just I don't think a lot of guys can get that low. <laughs> like 
Dergu's punching to the body would be amazing. Because, like, he'd have to, like, get really low in his stance. And I don't think he can do that without, like, you know, coming over the top with that overhand, like, he, like where his head is just facing the ground. Right. Um, but, yeah, no, like, I, I figured JDS's body work would just be too much for him. He'd just eventually get it, he'd break him down and get him out there by the third round. Turns out, got it done a little quicker than that. And I, I think that comes from him just being a little less cautious than he I'm not gonna say he should have been. He should have been like, but I, I, I think like he, he, he did take a little few more risks than I thought he would. Yeah, against a guy who has shown you shouldn't. <laughs> Is Lewis ever gonna land that switch kick? <laughs> like he, he landed the people's arms, which I think is useful, but no, I don't think I don't think he's ever gonna land it. Cause he, <laughs> I mean, I give him props, like. Trying. First round, Derek. Yeah, he's he's trying. Like, it, and he goes for it like multiple times. He he's not giving up on the switch kick. Right. The, the switch kick is here to stay. I can't. I just feel like he's he's got before he's it's all said and done. He's got to catch one person. Somebody's got. Can you imagine a Derek Lewis switch kick KO? Like, <laughs> just out of nowhere, just. That might be one of the greatest highlight reels we'd ever get. Oh, so Joey can't be, couldn't be here today. Because he's working like a pleb. Nah. But um, he, he did send us some questions. And one of them had to do with this main event. I like, I like your thought. All right. Um, which is the bigger fight? DC versus JDS? DC versus Nganu? Or DC versus Miocic 2? Oh, run, run those options back one more time. All right, so which is the biggest fight out of the three? DC versus JDS, DC versus Nganu, or DC versus Miocic 2? Um, I'm going to have to eliminate DC, JDS. Because um, when I think of bigger, I'm, I, I'm, interpreting, and, yeah, I'm interpreting this as, like, hype. I think, so, I think he's talking more along the lines of, like, buy rate. Um, what what was the the pay per view in Ghana headline? Did he he headline right? Or was he, he, he headline versus Stipe. Cause I want to say DC and Ganu, but like in <laughs> Ganu Stipe fight was not a good. Uh, if it, 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 for the pay per view by audience, that was not a good. Yeah, I'm not gonna say intro because he fought. Um, Alistair Orim like a month before or something, but yeah, it was not a good look for um. It, it probably would. Uh, it probably would be DC Stipe. Yeah, I think that's the one that moved the most buys out of the three. Yeah. Or uh, like JDS used to be like a guaranteed like five hundred thousand buys, but that was because he was on like really good cards. Um, he was fighting Kane. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Yeah, I, I wanted to say DC and Ganu, but his it, it could have been DC and Ganu, but that Stipe fight probably hurt him. The Stipe fight and yeah, the Lewis that, fight. Yeah, yeah, and the Lewis. Yeah, that that definitely. Um, so yeah, pro- probably steep the uh, DC Stipe. Like, yeah. Um, 
I don't know. I, I feel like we're a little in the JDS territory where we are in the auto territory where like uh, there's a lar- there's a large enough su- amount of the audience that just expects them to lose every time out to the point where like oh okay uh, are we really gonna run this guy in the pay per view you know what I mean right. like, like I, I, the the sense I got um after the Taito Ivasa fight was like oh JDS actually managed to win a fight much less than oh JDS is still really really good and has something for the champion you know what I mean yeah um. I don't know. How many questions? Did he has three, but um, one is about uh, Jermaine Deronomy versus Yannick Kuniskaya, and the other one's about... Um, well, I, I guess we can get to this one before we get to the rest of the card. Um, well, I, I was going to say we could save his... Because I'm going to be honest with these prelims. Um, it's not a lot of substance. Right. So I feel like we could probably get through those kind of... All right. We, uh, we'll, save yeah, we, we'll, we'll, save, we'll save his to the end. Um, but uh, yeah, Junior Dos Santos um, beat Derek Lewis. That was via TKO second round. So congrats to JDS. Um, but you know, always looking forward to a Lewis fight. So def- definitely want to see him bounce back. But JDS is like my, my all time favorite heavyweight. So I'm glad he's. I'm enjoying this little mini. I don't know if we want to call it a resurgence, but whatever it is, I like. It. I like. It. I want to see more of it. So congrats to JDS. Moving on to the co-main event. Um. I was kind of disappointed when I read the result of this fight. Not because I was mad <laughs> that Dos Santos won. I wanted to see this fight last longer. But, you know, I guess when you're Zaleski, you're good. So, you don't have to drag things out. I mean, um, I'm event. upset. I, I, wa- I, wanted, I wanted crazy kickboxing. Yeah, uh, yeah, I did too. When I said, <laughs> we ain't get none of that. <laughs> but, main event. Zaleski Dos Santos. Curtis Melinda, I was really excited for this fight. One, because, I mean, we've been praising Zaleski on this podcast. Like, he's he's one of those guys in that, 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 like, that pack of welterweights who's just, you know, racking up wins, guys trying to make names for themselves. And he's one of the guys who's, you know, seems like he's separating himself from the pack. So we're just ready to see him make, see if he can make that next leap. And Melinda, like, his UFC run has gone a lot better than I thought it would, and I've really b- enjoyed watching it. And just these two style-wise, like you said, this this was making perfect for a nice, fun, violent, you know, kickboxing matchup, but Zaleski had other plans. Um, I mean, they stood for a little bit. Um, <laughs> Melinda did press forward, which I like, because sometimes I feel like he is a bit lackadaisical sometimes, but he, he pressed forward a lot in this fight couple leg kicks, a couple body kicks got thrown, and then Melinda leaps in for a hook, gets taken down, and it's pretty much over from there. Uh, from that point, it's more so Zaleski just, you know, just working on the ground, trying to get dominant positions, um, and we've seen that uh, that that is a, one of the, the weaknesses in Melinda's game. He's not the best on the ground. Um, he had a moment where he was able to get Zaleski off him for like a brief moment, and Zaleski jumped right back on his back. It just didn't really let him breathe, didn't give him an opportunity, and it was just Zaleski working until he got a rear naked choke, basically. Yep. Um, yeah, so not the violence that I think any, you know, we wanted violence, we could have got violence. We wanted Capoeira, like, jump spinning dance kicks. 
And instead we got, oh, Elijah Celestito Santos actually is pretty smart and will just take the easy win. Right. <laughs> and, I mean, good on him. Smart on his part. But, you know, I wanted my Tekken fight. Yeah, like, we, don't, we, we don't care how well you do. We, we want blood. And spins. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, like, dude's now 7-1 in the UFC. His only loss is a split decision to Nicholas Dolby. Like, he's got four finishes. He's got a fight of the night to his name. Um, like, I, I don't know what else he has to do to get a top ten fight. Yeah, at, at this point, it's like, all right, guys. Like, and it's not like the top of welterweight. I mean, they're good fighters, but, you know, it's a little old. A little it's bit. not even that. It's just like they're boring. Yeah, and, and, and I mean... If we're being honest, like, the top of the welterweight, and, and I'm not, you know, trying to diss anybody, especially not Usman. Like, we, we saw, like, because Usman was kind of in, at one point, I feel like, in the Zaleski realm. Like, he was a guy who was kind of clawing his way to the top, and we wanted to see him make that next week. Right. And then he made it. And, you know, he, he dominated. So let's, let's, let's move these guys up. Like, let's stop, you know... It's not like there's such a log jam at the top that these guys can't get fights. Like, right, like... It's not like lightweight. Like, these guys should be able to be facing some bigger names, and it shouldn't be... We shouldn't have to relegate them to be fighting each other. Like, there there, there should be space for Zaleski to, to fight a top 15, a top 10, and it, it shouldn't be much of an issue. Um, but, yeah, like you said, after, after this fight, I don't know what else the man has to do. I'm not pegging the dude as like a world champ. I just want him to get the opportunity. Right. Like I just just let me see it. Let me see if he can. Let me see him fight Pons. Right. That's what I want. Like if you guys want blood, this is a man who can give you. He can give you blood. He he can give you that. So let him let let let, let the man show what he can do. But uh yeah he he made quick work of Melendez. This fight did not uh <laughs> did not go very long. So it didn't give us really a ton to dissect other than Zaleski continues to impress. And, he, he's uh, getting smarter. Yeah. Because uh-huh. this easily could have been a kickboxing fight, three-round just blood fest, but he said he's no. Like, nope. I'm going to go home, click this check, try again yeah. UFC 237 <laughs> maybe, I don't know. Right. <laughs> Because he, he virtually took no damage. Oh, yeah. Like, dude and could this, literally yeah. run back out next weekend, like. Yeah, and just, just fight again. So, but, uh, yeah, congrats to Zaleski, man. Dude just continues to impress. So, hopefully he can get a big fight. He he deserves it. But uh, we'll, we'll see. But he won uh, via rear naked choke submission in the, in the first Melander, go. Dude, go go work. Just, just go train for, like, a Naga tournament or something, you know? Just, like, put in, like, a few months of work and go fight in the advanced division or something. Because, like, he's too talented not to be a complete fighter. You feel me? Yeah. Because Melinda with a ground game or even just, like, some great takedown defense, he'd be a scary guy. Like, that's the thing. Is, is takedown defense isn't bad. It's just there are moments in the fight where he just gets complacent overly aggressive like he thinks okay we're in the kickboxing match so we're gonna just kickbox so i can stop being cautious and then he gets taken down 
Yep. Yeah. I think he, he he thought what we thought. Yeah. It, it, like, this fight was going to be blood. Yeah, I finally had somebody going to stand with me. I don't got to train no wrestling. And then... Leffy was like, nah, bro. He's like, nah, man. <laughs> I'm trying to keep my my face pretty. Yeah. yeah. So that's that 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 was that was that fight. Um, moving on down the card to a fight that was pretty violent. It only lasted a round, but uh, this this <laughs> this was a pretty violent violent outing. Uh, Nico Price and and Tim Means. So this this fight out the gate from from jump. We're throwing hands. We're not wasting time. Nico comes out. He's throwing hands. They're both exchanging. Uh, Means gets rocked. Uh, <laughs> it's flurries all over the place. It, it was fun. Um, he caught Means, I think, with a couple knees. And then Means, you know, be, being the vet that he is, he's like, all right, this isn't going too well on the feet. I'm getting tagged a little too much. Let's take this down. Takes Nico Price down, gets on top, gets some good ground and pound off. Um, but eventually, I can't remember how the sequence went, but eventually they, they found their way back, uh, to their feet. And it was weird because the Nico starts off with this, this vicious flurry. Then he gets taken down. You know, they spend some time on the ground. He catch some ground and pound or whatever, whatever. And like when the fight got back to the feet, it seemed like everything slowed down. Like Nico had like a little mini, like adrenaline dump. Cause the fights oh, yeah. Dude, slowed down. Even the punch he landed at the end, like it looks really labored. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So it it looked like it looked like Nico like emptied out the tank too early, and it was like, oh man, he might that might have been all, because Means just started. He was just unloading combinations. He was hand fighting and just popping the jab out. He he was catching Nico just with a lot, and it just looked like, oh boy, Nico, you might have. It might not have been a good idea. Maybe you just emptied too much of the tank because Means was getting off. That was the best that Means has, like, that three minutes between, like, the takedown and, like, the knockout was the best that Tim Means has ever looked. Yeah, he he was really, and Means has always been a good striker, but he just looked, it was so just pinpoint, man. He was really placing his shots well. He was snapping Nico's head back. It was looking bad. And then out of nowhere, man, just the fight ain't over till it's Mm -hmm. over. Yeah, <laughs> it's really not. Nico, <laughs> Nico uncorks a right hand. And I didn't see this until, um, like, a couple replays later. But, like, so Nico catches Means out of nowhere with his right hand that drops him. But Means' ankle uh, Snap. did, like, an exorcist yeah. twist. Um, yeah, it was, ugh. So on top of eating the right hand, his ankle just completely twists in a direction that ankle should not twist in. And then he proceeds to eat ground and pound on top of that, and the fight's over. Um, I didn't follow up. I hope Means is good, because that was not a good, like, oof. Those are just the worst. I hate seeing those kind of injuries. Like, they just... Ugh. Right, right. Um this is a lot like the uh, the Bader Teixeira knockout, where it's just like you can't like if the guy hits that hard, you can't be in that space. Like you have to be all the way in or all the way out. Like you you can't just like try to go into the pocket and like spam punches on him because he he will crack you. Um, that's what happened to Means. Um... Yeah, I'm. I'm, not even, I'm still not sure how good Nico Price actually is. 
Like, <laughs> like half the stuff he does is just ridiculous, and it's coming at moments where he's losing. I remember what he did to Randy Brown. <laughs> That's the greatest KO. <laughs> where he just hooks his head from the guard and just proceeds to pound him until Randy Brown goes unconscious. Yeah, it was, yeah. Nico, I feel like Nico is going to be, I don't know, I think he'll be one of those guys who just always just kind of sticks around. I don't know how high he'll really go, but like he'll just always kind of be there. And then like, I don't know, maybe he's that guy eventually who like, I don't know, you got a prospect, he has to fight Nico along the way. I don't know. Maybe, maybe he has to prove he's smart enough not to get knocked out by Nico Price. Right. Because, <laughs> like, Nick, Nico's not, like, he's not, like, super flashy. Like, there's not really anything you look at his game and you're like, that's super amazing. Well, he, he but is, like, he's, like, a freaking A-plus athlete. Around, yeah, like, like, he's an athlete and dude can crack. Like, so, like, you just, you, you gotta, you gotta respect the game. Like, he can catch you and it can be over really quick. <laughs> And any man who does what he did to Randy Brown, <laughs> any man who gets a KO like that, you got to respect the game. Because I, 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 I can't think of many KOs I've seen where a dude just, yeah, I, I've never seen that. So yeah, like I said, I don't really know how great Nico is, but dude dude is good. He's, he's, he's pretty solid, and it only took one. Dr. Grayson... Um, over on Tumblr, I think put it best. He, he he's kind of like uh, he's like a bootleg Richard Brian Ortega. <laughs> Brian Ortega is actually like good at things, and they're not things that win rounds, but they're things that lead to the end of the fight. But he basically he's just winning. He's losing till he doesn't. He's not anymore. Like right. that's basically it. Yeah. So, poor means. Um. Yeah, everything's going good. Until it's not. Until it's, until it's not. Um, but I hope that ankle's good because that was, that was not cool. Um, like I said, you just you hate to see stuff like that. So ho- hopefully it's not too serious. But oh boy, that look nasty. Yeah. But but um, nah, man, Nico, he came back. Like I said, it was not looking good for him in the second half of that round. He was getting pieced up, and he he came back and ended it. So. That was Nico Price, won by KO, with only 10 seconds left in the round to go. Um, so that was Nico Price versus Tim Means. Uh, moving on to a heavyweight affair. We got former WSOF heavyweight champ, Goy Ivanov, uh, taking on Mr. Mr. Awkward, uh, Ben Rothwell. Ben coming off like a three-year layoff because of the suspension, yeah. I think. Yeah. But, um... I was oddly entertained by this fight. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Like, <laughs> Rothwell is... If you've seen a Rothwell fight, like, he's just really <laughs> weird. <laughs> he's just... He's just weird. But, it, like, it, it works for him, though. Like, it's, it's weird, but it works for him. And I, I don't know. I was interested to see how this fight was going to play out. I thought um, Rothwell did a really good job of, like, that awkward pressure. He, he, like, awkwardly marches Bagoy down. It, it doesn't look, you know... Like I said, his whole stance is just weird. Yeah, yeah. Like, I want to know what his coaches thought when he first walked into the gym. 
and like <laughs> I mean it's one of those things that can only exist at like heavyweight you know like he he, he yeah. is big he is tough and he's awkward like he has some really decent like pressuring footwork it's not bad it's not great but like it, it keeps guys in front of him and eventually they wear down and he doesn't yeah and he he, keep, he, keep, he keeps a pretty decent pace but he might not look like he doesn't you know he, he's not like super shredded or or anything like that he, he looks like your standard i don't know he's a, i work in a warehouse yeah he's, like, he's <laughs> a dude who is literally just I, I i i can fight hard for 15 minutes yeah and that's enough to win he, fights at heavyweight yeah, cause in that first round, he he did really good. He pressured Bagoy. Uh, Avinov spent a lot of that first round kind of circling with his back against the cage, and Rothwell just kind of marching him down. Uh, Rothwell does good as as awkwardly as it looks. He switches stances a lot, um, and his his, his straights were were landing pretty good. I thought Bagoy did a, a better job in probably like the second and third round. Uh, well, for one, he got a bit more offensive because I felt like that first round he. I just feel like he didn't do a whole bunch, and the second round he was a bit more active, and I felt like he, while he circled in the second and third, I think he spent more time, like, he wasn't so much circling with his back against the cage, I thought he did a better job of circling while not, like, he was circling still staying in striking distance and being active. Instead of just, I'm circling because this big guy is just marching me in my face and I need to get away. Like, he did a better job of, of being active. Um, they both were landing landing good shots. Um, it's weird to say because Bogoy was... I feel like Rothwell landed cleaner. To me, he did. Bogoy's a lot of his shots were just these overhand combinations he was throwing that were just kind of wild, even though they were he was landing some of them. Um, did you think Bogoy won? I thought this was really good. I, I thought it just came down to how you scored the first round. I don't remember what round I gave Rothwell, but like, I think it was the third. At the, I gave Bogoy the second, and I don't remember, I didn't even remember enough of the first round to like, to, I didn't make a point to score, I should say. So, hmm. like, I'm not mad at the decision. Like, I, I get why people thought Rothwell won, or believe Rothwell should have won, but. Like, I'm, I'm not upset over it. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was fine. It was what it was. Um, like I said, but Bogoy did a better job in those second and third rounds, I think, of just being more active. Uh, he did start throwing and landing more. And I think even the stats showed, I can't remember. I think they were pretty even, uh, or at least close, think, with the strikes that I were think landed. the second round they were even, and then the third round Rothwell won, and then um, or landed more, and then the first round was like, not dead even, but like the difference was like one or two punches. Yeah. So yeah, it, it was a close. It was a close competitive heavyweight fight. Not nobody landed anything super crazy, but I mean for Rothwell, even though he did lose, um, Bagoy uh, ended up uh, winning across the board, twenty nine twenty eight, uh, for a unanimous decision. But for Rothwell, I would say coming off of that long of a layoff, he looked pretty good. Um, albeit you didn't get the, the you know you didn't get the win obviously, but. Right. I think you should you should feel good about you know your your coaches should look at you like we're we're still working with something like that that was a solid enough performance that I feel confident in he he looked like he always next fight is so that's yeah. a that's a good thing because he's been gone for Lord knows how long yeah 
And he awkwardly asked Bagoy to kick him in the throat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The most Ben Rothwell thing <laughs> that only he can do. But like I said, man, for heavyweight fights, if I'm just mildly entertained, I'm happy. So I, I found that fight oddly entertaining just because of the style matchup. So, um, But shout out to Bagoy. He won unanimous decision. Uh, next fight, moving on down the ladder, uh, we have Benil Dariush and Drew Dober. Um... This fight was <laughs> this fight was kind of funny because Dober, like crazy athletic, just really explosive, really fast. Darius to me sometimes just looks like he's out there just kind of I don't know has this very like stoic look about him to me, like he's never really in a rush. <laughs> and when they were on the feet, it, it felt like Dober was just. So much faster, so much quicker. Yeah, like you, you can see the um, lack of daisicalness, I guess. Yeah, of Darius, is like really passive. Cl- clearly, one of these guys is an athlete, and the other guy's just—he's good, but he ain't—he ain't there. But as we say, fights are never over until they're over. Um, athletic prowess isn't everything. As, as good as Dober did look on the feet, just like I said, good, good kickboxing, just. Faster to the punch, more explosive. When when Darius was finally able <laughs> to get this fight to the ground, you clearly saw that was his world. That that's where he flourishes, and uh, all that you know, that athletic prowess, all that explosiveness is kind of just nullified. Darius gets him on the ground. I don't remember the exact transition of how it all happened. All I remember is I think he was going for an arm bar, and then he switched it to the trying. No, no, no. Is that what happened? I feel like he switched to the triangle from something. I can't remember, though. But I remember, like, he he had his elbow bent for a while. And, like, I thought Dober was going to pull away, but, like, Darius just didn't let go. And then his elbow bent in ways that elbow shouldn't go. Right. And that was, uh... That's how you overcome someone who's a bit more athletic. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, like did you ever think that, like... One, I wasn't looking at the screen when it happened, so like all I hear is Drew Dober submits. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> he said, uh, submits Benil Darius. Darius via, via submission. I'm like, what? And there are multiple levels in which that sentence does not work. <laughs> so then I look up and it's like, oh no, wait, Benil Darius won. What the hell just happened? Oh yeah, I haven't ragged on Anik in a while, but uh. That was, that was uh, bad. Yeah. That Pro- was bad. Um, that was... Props to um, Drew Dober because, like, this is a dude who, like, I, I, I don't think anybody really had any, like, expectations of him being, like, really good. Um, but he, he's turned into, like, a really competent um, lightweight. Like, he's out here fighting, like, hurting Benil Darius on the feet multiple times in the first round. Um, yeah, he's, he's he's just not gonna. He, he, I, I'm not sold on him ever being a contender or like a top fifteen dude, but like he 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 is a skilled skilled lightweight in a tough fight for most people. Um, and shouts to um, Benio Darius who just persevered. You know, like easily could have, you know, given up in that first round, or. No, given up, but you know, faded. 
Yeah. I mean, he was trying to throw back because they did have a few exchanges, but it's just in the exchanges you saw like Darius' striking just kind of isn't as crisp or as clean as, as Dover's was. It's just crazy because it's the same dude who knocked out James Vick. Which I guess isn't saying as much as... <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, James Vick is taking some tumbles. Yeah, no, but like, James Vick is still the same dude who fucking beat um, Joe Duffy. Like, Darius is... He can hit hard, he just... It's not the cleanest... Yeah, no, no, it's not the cleanest, like, combination kickboxing. It's it's very much a aggressive-slash-power game that he does and it it, it, it works sometimes like it worked early against edson barboza but you, you 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 put yourself at risk sometimes you know but you know good on darius man you know it it pays to be a complete fighter yep. <laughs> you know you're losing in one area you gain success in another so um but not yeah really really you know it was a good showing for dober until it wasn't that's Kind of the theme <laughs> for the night. But, uh, yeah, man, Darius went out there. He got the triangle armbar in the second round. Um, but it was a pretty fun, competitive fight. But Darius took it to his world, and he, he flourished. Yep. So that was uh, that was Darius versus Dober. Uh, Darius won via triangle armbar. And the last fight rounding out the main card, uh, Omari Akhmedov uh, versus Tim Bosch, the OG tough dad. Um, I'm not going to lie to you guys. Um, all I had for this fight was like it was just kind of a fight that just like happened um, it was a tough dad fight in which Omari was just a little quicker a little more athletic landed more I think at one point I looked up in the second round and Tim Bosch's nose was bloody yeah, like, like they were talking on commentary that Tim Bosch was considering retirement and this very much looked like a, I'm emotionally done with this type of fight um, Akhmedov just did a really good job of just not letting Tim Bush into the clinch. Just re- refused to even like uh, just was a great, did a great job of circling out. Did a good job of um, uh, just you know keeping the combination short, which I, I guess is like one of his specialties. Like just so he doesn't plant his feet and allow for um. Both to really close that distance by eating a couple shots. Um, yeah, like I, I, like Joey made this point, and I agree with him. Like I would not have sent Timbo out there for a third round. I would have just been like, "No, you're done." Like he, 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 he was just emo- like you could tell by the guy's face he was just emotionally spent. Yeah. It's it sucks because like Timbo is like our, our our prototypical or exemplary or whatever tough dad um and you know he's been holding down the the title of best middleweight for a while now because of that but there would be no barbecue fight league idea without tim Tim bush is is the basis for idea yes yeah he he was the prototype um i don't know like you feel bad because like you, you always feel bad when a, a fighter just goes out there. And you can just tell their heart's not in it anymore. Yeah, yeah, and it's especially like we've seen Tim Boach like have some good moments. You know, he gave us like the legendary comeback. 
of Okami. And then, but Father Time, man. Yeah. Father Time and just, I guess, you know, the the weight of the sport, it just, it, it catches all of us. Well, I say us, like, I'm not fighting, but. Catches everybody, know. yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it catches you, man. And. I don't know. Yeah, I, I haven't heard him made a retirement announcement, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if we do get one. Um, but, you know, it's like, I guess it just kind of is what it is. But, you know, like I said, props to, to Akhmedov. He, he went out there and just handled business um, for, for, for the better part of three rounds. So uh, he won via unanimous decision. He got 30-27s uh, all across the board. Uh, so congrats to Akhmedov for his win. And that was rounding out the main card uh, portion so I'm not going to lie to you guys, this ESPN Plus portion of the card, um, I, I watched all of this this morning, uh, my memory was a bit hazy, I also was running off of four hours of sleep, <laughs> so some of these fights I kind of saw weaving in and out of consciousness while my body was trying to make me take a nap. Where we say that a lot. Uh, I mean, you know, <laughs> I mean for you guys that don't know, we uh, we've we might be able to figure this out, but obviously, you know, fights happen on Saturday night, and most of the time we record Sunday morning, which means we have to wake up, rewatch the fights if we're able to, and then record sometime between like nine and twelve. Um, At least that's when we start because it's almost two now. Right, <laughs> but you know, so it's a lot to try to just wake up early on a Sunday morning and just try to knock this all out. You know, on top of, you know, living your life. Like I said, I went out Saturday night, so I had a limited window that I had to watch this and then try to, like, remember everything. But, um, um so there are a couple of prelim fights uh, that I did skip, but from what I remember, I'll try to get through. But like I said, to be honest and not to down anybody, there wasn't, like, a ton of substance on the prelims, but we'll, we'll give people their props as they are due. So headlining the ESPN Plus portion of the prelim cards we had anthony rocco martin versus sergio marais um i feel like not a ton really happened in no match. it was just a really smart performance from tony martin who realized early i can just keep kicking sergio marais in the lead in his lead leg and he can do nothing to stop me yeah kick jab marais will get frustrated but he won't really do anything like i don't know why he waited to the end of the round to go for takedowns like he, he shot and got to um, Rocco Martin's back in like the second round, like at the ten second mark. Like if he had done that like two minutes earlier, he would have got his back. He probably got a submission. Yeah. But you know, yeah. Yeah. If, if, if 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 it was the fifth, <laughs> you know how how the saying goes. I I don't. I don't, I don't know, know that one. If if was the fifth, we'd all no. be drunk. Uh, my stepbrother used to tell that me. That sounds like a Maryland thing. <laughs> oh, no, he's uh. Texas. He used to tell me that all the time. Um, but, yeah, so, uh, Anthony Rocco Martin won via unanimous decision. Not really a ton to talk about, to be honest. The fight, what, there wasn't, like, anything really, there weren't really any wow moments, to be no. honest. So, yeah, that fight kind of was what it was. Uh, moving down, uh, Bantamweight uh, in the women's. Uh, we got Yana Kuniskaya versus Marion Renault. Um, it was a, I, I thought it was a pretty pretty entertaining fight. Um, 
boy, did Giannis go to the sky and pay in the third round, but we'll, we'll get to that. What's the women's bantamweight and just, like, the, the winner getting their ass beat in the third round? But, <laughs> yeah, but the story of this fight was, for the first two rounds, like, Kuniskaya just being the larger woman, uh, taller, I'm, I'm assuming she had a, no, she definitely had a reach advantage, um, and she was just kind of able to keep Renault at bay, um, I have to point out, she's also, you know, like, 13 years younger than Renault. Yeah, Renault's, like, She's, like, 41, 42. Yeah. And still, like, looks good. Like, it's still, you know, a lot of 41-year-olds be out here looking real. Especially if it was that fight. Right. <laughs> Some of them not looking. And they're not, they're not moving too good out in these MMA streets. They look every bit of 40, you know, whatever. But Renault's still... Like if you wouldn't have told me her age, I wouldn't think like, oh, she's forty something because she doesn't she doesn't move like it. But for the first two rounds, like Kuniskaya did a good job of just being able to keep Renault at bay, um, utilizing kicks, utilizing the jab, and it, Renault just it seemed like she was just having trouble just trying to find range, trying to get a footing in. Like she was just trying to like blitz in or just I'm gonna leap in with this and try to catch you. And it wasn't really going her way the first two rounds. Um, and then, boy, in that third round, I don't know what happened. It just clicked. <laughs> she, <laughs> she's able to yeah, get I in. I think she realized that when this guy just wasn't going to hurt her, no matter what she did. So she was just like, F it. I'm going to just go for it. Yeah. Yeah. And she went full-blown. Um, and I, I like that, man. I, I always give fighters props that when they're losing the first two rounds and they just go for broke in the third. Yeah. And she went for broke, and she busted Kuna Sky. That her nose shifted. Oh, dude, like her, the entirety of like her, but like her chin and jaw was just all red from the like the blood that was coming out of her face. Yeah, it was. Renault Renault went off that third. <laughs> she 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 was able to close distance. She was leaping in. She just she just went for it, and she tagged Kuna Sky a bunch of times. Shifted the nose over. Um, but I, it, it was a little, one of them cases of too little, too late. Yeah, go um, for the finish in that yeah. spot, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and the thing is, like, it just, if she would have, it's almost like if Renault just would have put her foot on the gas a little more in one of those earlier rounds, she, she probably could have, she, she could have stole yeah. that fight. Because, like I said, Kuniskaya was landing good shots, but it's not like she was, like, you know, super devastating, you know, fight ending, you know. I, I think a big part of it is just Renault, like, like, like she, she fights a little bit to her opponent's, like, rhythm. So early on, before Kuniskaya was really landing with, like, the range attack, she was just bullying her into the fence. So she's like, okay, if I try to attack, we're going to tie up and she's just going to push me into the fence. And I don't want that. So I'm going to just sit at the end of her punches and wait to counter. And then the third round came around and she realized she was down and she just went ham. Yeah. Uh, she she had a good good third round, but Kuniskaya ultimately won uh, across the board for a unanimous decision. Um, I saw I saw a video this morning of Kuniskaya in the hospital with Ray Sefo get, getting getting touched. Yeah, up. can we talk about that? Uh, just right, the, the fucking the president <laughs> of PFO was just in her corner. Can you imagine if like Scott Coker was just cornering Chris Cyborg? <laughs> right. <laughs> You see Sefo all in the camera smiling like, so what are you doing, Ray? <laughs> go go put together that tournament. You got an ESPN meeting to go to. 
but <laughs> but you know it could look like Kuna Sky is fine. You know nose busted up, but she'll 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 be all right. Um, she got she got Ray there, I guess. <laughs> Whatever that's worth. But um, no nah, solid solid performance from uh Kuna Skya. Um, like I said, just good use of utilizing her range, using the tools that she has because at bantamweight, I imagine she's gonna have a size advantage over a lot of yeah, what is she like fighters? Like yeah, she's 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 pretty big. So and we see a lot of fighters who have range and don't really know how to use it. Um, she's at least competent in that, so she'll she'll seemingly always have that advantage. So good good on her. Um, but props to Renault. Like I said, I, I always enjoy a fighter who, when you're down the first two, you just you just go for it in the third. Um, but too little, too late. But it it was a solid. It was a pretty entertaining fight. So I enjoyed that, but props to Kuniskai. She won a unanimous decision. Uh, going down to this next fight, which I will depend on your insight because I did not see this fight at all. <laughs> Grant Dawson versus uh, Julian Arroyo. Um, shit. Um, uh, so Grant Dawson and Julian Arroyo are both dudes who look like they should be at lightweight because they're really big. Excuse me one second. Well, I'll just let the uh, fans know while he's. Oh, no, I, I was just sneezing. Um, oh. <laughs> yeah, I feel I feel bad. I keep sneezing. It's a microphone. And, like some poor person is listening to this through their headphones, and all of a sudden they hear me sneeze really loud. Um, anyway, uh, Grant Dawson, UFC debut. I think he was the dude who was coming off of like a shot as a suspension or something, like something crazy like that that held up his USA debut. Um, Really worked for them takedowns. Like, I, I, I think Joey's comparison was like he's a Darren Elkins type, a slightly more athletic Darren Elkins type. I think that's fair. Um, just repeatedly got Orosa down, got on top of him, beat him up a little bit. Um, other than that, no, that's to report. Like he, he has really robotic striking that I think is at least part in part due to the fact that he is. Probably a lightweight, like you know that stiffness that comes with having to cut weight. Right. Um. Uh, he he seems like a confident enough prospect. I think he's like twenty three years old. Could be wrong about that. Um. But yeah, no, it was it was fine. Like, I don't have a whole lot to report about it. It was it wasn't like, you know. This was not as a beat Megabet Sherpa's first fight in the UFC. It was just a right. competent dude coming in and off a dude who was probably like a triple A fighter. Like a like Arosa is like Terry and Ware in that he is too good to not be in the UFC. But he's probably not good enough to be in the UFC. You know what I mean? Judging by these scorecards, because it was a 30-26, And 29-27. 29-27. So, somebody was watching a different fight. Oh, no, it was just but, like, somebody game, wait, did somebody score a 9-9? That's what I'm like, how did he, yeah, that's what I'm trying to figure out, how did, how did he go 29-27? I don't know, I don't know. But, either way, look, look, judging by the scorecards, it's like Grant did. Yeah, it was a fine UFC debut, it was... A, a workman like performance. So, shout out to Grant Dawson. He won a unanimous decision. Uh, moving on down, back to the heavyweights. Uh, 
have Maurice Green versus Jeff Hughes. Hey, this one I do not remember. Um, this was Jeff Green being very tall at six seven. Um, it was a, it was it was actually a pretty Maurice good fight. Green? Um, yeah, you, Maurice Green. You call him Jeff Green. Oh my bad, <laughs> Maurice Green. Um, shout out to the heavyweights. All the heavyweight fights on this card were actually fun. All I know about Maurice Green is that he's a fellow knitter or crocheter or whatever. Yarn enthusiast, so he has my support. <laughs> that he used to be a gory fighter. Yeah, I mean, he yeah, he, he definitely uh, is, is a kickboxer. That is definitely his game. Um, I, I do wish, though, that at him being 6'7", um, I don't want him to have the Stephen Struve syndrome. He should definitely pop his jab out more. Um it's not that he doesn't do it. I just wish he would do it more because they're um, in the was it the second round. He caught Hughes just literally with a jab and dropped him. Like he just stuck it out there and just dropped him with it. Um, but no, nah, th- this was a uh, entertaining fight. Like Maurice Green for somebody his size, um, I think he moves pretty well. Um, I just wish he would use more of, like I said, his his tools because he's he's six seven. Like you have you're taller than a lot of these, you know, you're, you're in that tall range where it's like, you're, you're like, you're like overly big. Um, so I would just like to see him be better, like at range, but no, nah, he, he's definitely a good kickboxer. Like he moves well for a guy his size. Um, but I did think Hughes did a good job, um, in the latter half of the fight. Um, partly due to green because he doesn't, he doesn't like fight as tall as he is. I feel like, so Hughes had moments where he was able to get in close, and he, he clocked Green a couple of good times. This was actually a pretty good... They had a pretty good good back and forth. Um, it ended up going to a split decision, and Maurice Green got the nod. I'm not mad at it. It was a pretty competitive fight. Um, I think I did score it for Green, though I don't remember. Uh, kind of like you. I don't remember this fight in a super ton of detail, but I do remember it being pretty entertaining. Um I like Maurice Green style. Um, I, I don't know how far up the ladder he goes. I think he does have flaws in his game. I'm not really sure what his ground game looks like because I don't think this fight really went to the ground like at all. Um, and he doesn't. I don't know. I can't really say because I don't remember. It. I feel like I've seen him fight before, but I just I don't. I can't recall his fights really? from memory. Oh, yeah. you fought in Glory. Yeah, I know he fought in. He had a UFC fight. Was he the one? Was he on? Uh, I don't know. Uh, he, he he funny. Who's he fighting in the UFC? I've seen him so yeah. I, I know I've seen one of his. Yeah, other but he's two zero in the UFC now. Um, so yeah. let me just check this out. Ah, uh, he fought Michael Batista at the tough finale. Okay. And he's triangled him. Hmm. Cause he yeah, I, I want to see just he he's definitely like a a hittable guy. So I don't know how far he goes at heavyweight. Because I felt like he had a pretty big size advantage over Hughes. And for Green, like, I think if he would have fought somebody who was a bit, just somebody who carried some more weight, who hit a little harder, like some of those shots that Hughes was able to tag him with, if that was somebody who was just a bit bigger, a bit stronger, <laughs> they might have been able to, like, really put him in some yeah. trouble. Um, but no, nah, like, a, a solid fight for him. Um, you know, so so far, so good in the UFC. Um, like I said, you, you can definitely see that his, his glory kickboxing does carry over just i want to see him just pop that jab out a little more just you're six seven man just stick it out there <laughs> but no nah, com- competitive fight good 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 fight for jeff hughes also it was a fun fight back and forth 
but uh, Maurice Green ended up getting the uh, the, the split decision. Uh, moving down to bantamweight, uh, we had Matt Schnell versus Louis Smoker. I knew this fight was gonna be bad for Smoker about twenty <laughs> seconds in. Just so they get to the mic. Um, yeah, I, I knew this fight was gonna be bad for Smoke about thirty seconds in. When they started exchanging, and I just saw how much, like, faster Snell was. Like it just it it just seemed like the discrepancy was really weird. Like, Snell looked really crisp, really fast, and Smoker just kind of looked slow. Yeah, <laughs> never been that athletic. That's what. Really- but it was like. It was a glaring, like, it was a big gap, it, it seemed. Yeah, like. um, no, like, like you said, like, Smoke, like, Smoke has never been athletic, and that's what's killed him at, like, flyweight, that's why all his flyweight losses are so bad, because the guys he's fighting tend to be, like, faster, maybe they're not as strong, but, like, they're, they're faster in that, like, in that way that matters, not so much in, like, the, 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 the um, like with foot speed and like just being able to move their body around, and um, it, it's a problem that could have alleviated itself a little bit if Smoker was up at bantamweight fighting actual bantamweights. But Matt Schnell's a flyweight who is pretty athletic and pretty uh, like he's pretty quick, um, and it, it showed here because boy, uh, Smoker looked like he was moving through water. Yeah. <laughs> Snell was getting off like three pieces, and Smoker was just—he was just out there drowning. Um, yeah, it was bad. And then uh, the the commentary was like praising Smoker's like scrambling ability, and the fight goes to the ground, and Smoker gets triangled. Yeah. Um, nice transition from Snell, who I think had the guillotine, had it broken, and then was able to while. What's his name? Um, Smoker was trying to like brace himself out. He was able to get his legs up for the triangle. Yep. And that was uh, that was all she yeah. wrote. So uh, props to Snell. That was a really good. <laughs> that was a really good performance. Um, that's that's a tough one out for Smoker, man. That is uh. When you feel for the guy, because you know he, he like he he's been fighting with all these like. Pro, like off the out, outside the cage problems and stuff. Dudes talk about like he was getting blackout drunk before fights and stuff. And then, then, then just with like what we said, man. Like with with flyweight seemingly being on the way out the door, you just got guys going up to bantamweight basically to just keep a job. Yeah. And some guys just they're they're gonna fall through the cracks. Like yeah. Smoke goes. He's like a dude who could get work other places, though. Like, fight, yeah, yeah, did he yeah. fight Horizon or am I making that up? Well, he's a dude who could fight Horizon. I should say. Yeah, yeah. He'll, he'll, he'll. He can find work elsewhere. But, but it's yeah, it still tough. sucks. Yeah, tough, tough one to drop. But good, good on Matt Snell, man. That was a really good performance. So definitely shout outs to him. You know, he won't be a triangle in the first round. Uh, moving on down, Alex Morono versus Zach Otto. Um, this is like the one fight that I saw in real time. Uh, and I saw like the entire fight when it actually happened. All I remember from this fight that stuck out to me was how violent Morono was as soon as this fight went to the ground. <laughs> like, 
the second this fight went to the ground, it was like Morono just got angrier. And he seems like he's already angry, but like this always seeming like he's trying to prove himself. Yeah. That's like how he, he fights. He he his his walkout, just the look on his face, it just looks like he has a chip on his shoulder. And I mean, well, I guess I get it because of the the commentary mentioned during this fight that apparently Otto's been like calling him out for a while. Like he's just wanted this fight. Yeah, like he wanted by the end of it. Yeah, yeah. Morono <laughs> bought the smoke. <laughs> Otto kept calling him out. Morono's like, What do you want? And then uh, he's like, All right, whatever, we can do it and Morono uh he went in there and put pause and uh, Yeah. Yeah. Fight went to the ground and Morono just immediately just Got really violent, ground and pound, elbows. Um, hey, hold up, hold up, I'm sorry. This is news to me. About, uh, news about me, sorry. Uh, well, I was going to say, Morono just, uh, he abused him. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, no, no, the great, great performance from Morono has been looking for like a knockout finish. Um, oh wow, um, I might be out. Uh, my job might be closed tomorrow. <laughs> Apparently, there was a flood in the basement. Jeez, I don't remember the last time between the snow and like President's Day. I don't remember the last time I worked a full week. <laughs> oh man. I'm afraid it's making me complacent and lazy, and when I get back to four weeks, it's just going to be miserable. But I'll, I'll take a day off. Uh, well, as somebody who has Mondays off, I'm going to tell you, man, it is, it's a great feeling when you wake up and everybody else is, like, stressing about their day, and you can just kind of, like, chill. It's a good feeling. Feel you. Shout out to everybody who has to work Mondays. Very hard. I'm, I'm not not part of that gang anymore. Right. <laughs> but, nah, man, yeah. The fight went to the ground. Morono got violent, and that was pretty yeah. much it. Dude, like, like, yeah, Morono, another one of these dudes in the wall toy who's just really violent. Like, yeah, I love it. This division is so much better than, like, the top five dudes who are all kind of, like, dull. Yeah, there's this, this middle... Like I said, within the welterweight, there's a subdivision of violence. It's, it's like Ponza. Like, it's like <laughs> if you go to the rankings, it's like Ponza Nibio down. You know, like yeah, it's just guys who are just out here just throwing. It's, it's like Ponza. <laughs> it's like Means. It's like Price. It's uh, Morono. It's Alazaski Dos Santos, Chris Millinder, freaking uh, Max Griffin. Dude, that's another fight. That's a fight I want. Matt, give me Max Griffin versus uh, Alex Morono. Yeah. Let him, let, let him have or, it. Or, um, what's his Where name? What's his name? Uh, crap, I had it yesterday. Uh, Alex Morano versus... Luke. Hmm? Oh, dude, Luke that'd be Luke. great, too. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> like, I didn't think of that. Um, <laughs> There's so many of them. Wait, at, hold up. This was actually a fight I was really like... Oh, yeah, I want to see that. Um, Frank Camacho. Yeah, he's out here. Dude, yeah. like, this division is so good when you get in the middle of it. It's just so much fun. And Jeff Neal but is still out here. we have, like, Kobe Covington, who gets to, who gets to sit at the top. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. This this subdivision of violent weight is it's fun. It's, it's breathing. Between this 
and the 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 little bit of like fresh air we're we're like getting in two o five. It's not all yeah. bad, you know. There, there's some good things going on in in, in the sport. He's got so shout out shout out to you, Valen. He's got to look between all the dumb stuff. Yeah, which can be a lot, but <laughs> if, you, if you if you're willing to do the legwork, you you can find some find some gems, man. There are, there are. Like, yeah, I think I think we don't appreciate that. Where like we are in an era where there are more. I want to say there are more quality fights than there ever been before. If for nothing else other than volume. Like, 10 years ago, a guy like Alex Morano and, um, what's his name? Max Griffin would be fighting on, like, a prelim that we wouldn't get to watch. Right. Like, if if you are out for so, like, there's never been a better time for, like, exceptional violence. Like, like, if there's anything that feels missing, it's it's just, like, a special type of violence, you know what I mean? Like, right. meaningful violence. Like, that that's harder to come by nowadays because, like, it, it feels like everybody's, like, leveraging. Everybody's always hurt. But, like, if you're if you're like us and you sit through everything, you know, you get to watch Petr Jan beat the ever-living crap out of Douglas Andrade. <laughs> like... <laughs> and this is why I always tell people, it's kind of a... a... I don't want to go too far because I, I could segue and get angry about this forever. But this this is why I always encourage people to like watch other fight promotions because exactly. there's so much quality <laughs> violence out here that you are just depriving yourself. Of. And, and like I get it for like, people who can't make that like dude, like I didn't realize how much of a time commitment it was until I was out of college because I like back back in those days I watched everything. Like right, I, yeah, I, it's, it's I was, work now. yeah. Now it's just like between actual work and school and like a, the little bit of a life I actually do have. Yeah, it's a lot. It's, to it's a lot. Like the the UFC, like I don't think we appreciate the UFC takes like eight like up until it moved to ESPN. It took like eight hours to get through a whole fucking card. Right. <laughs> and that was like on the day like where most of us have like one free week, like two free days. Right. Well, I, I would just say to you guys, like I said, that that is true. Like, and, and and MMA has grown so much, and there are so many like more promotions now that like it's impossible, uh, honestly. To, you can't keep up with everything. I get that, but like, listen, man. Like, if you, if it's a Friday night and LFA's on, watch LFA. It's guaranteed finish. Somebody, if if, you, if it's a Friday or Saturday night, and like you know, there's like a local show, and you have nothing else to do, like go to the local show. Like right. go go support regional MMA. Go support like your local kickboxing. Whatever, like if you're in freaking Allentown, Pennsylvania, there's a there's a kickboxing card there, like every month. Um, fuck, I forgot what they're called. But my friend fought for fought for the months. Um, but like, the, the, there there's always stuff going on, and you can always fit it to your schedule if you feel like. Yeah, and if if for nothing else, like the Petter Yans of the world, the the Weili Zhangs, like. I, I kind of got into a minute. It's a, a minor segue, but <laughs> somebody had posted on Twitter. Um, I can't remember what fight. I think it was after Woodley had um, beat. Had something to do with Woodley. But, like, we were just talking about how, like, it's it's still funny in this day and age how people, for whatever reason, stupid MMA fans, still think that, like, if you don't fight in the UFC, then you're not good. Not realizing that all of these guys came from somewhere. Like, the UFC is been those days of like homegrown talent that's been gone like 
All of these prospects you see, your Petr Jans, all of them, they came from somewhere. They were established in other organizations before they... Like, yeah, like, more times than not nowadays, like, it's going to be so hard to find another Max Holloway, who is literally just, like, in his fifth fight ever, he was in the UFC, and now, like, 20 fights later, he's the UFC champion. Like, it's going to be a lot harder to catch those dudes from now on. And I feel like, from now on, a lot of those dudes are just going to end up like, um, like Cody. Like Garbrandt, like where they just burn themselves out because they never learn the skills coming up to prolong their career. Right. So like, and and Jan's hella young in his career, but like he he's an experienced like he's a dude who's been boxing since he was like, well he's been doing all types of crazy like combat sports since he was like ten years old or thirteen years old or whatever. Like, so like these people with these backgrounds who have like a lot of, who get a lot of experience really quickly like um Israel Adesanya the dude dude has a long kickboxing background got some MMA experience like just fight c- continually fighting like every couple months for like a couple years and now he's in the UFC and he just beat Anderson Silva and now he's right. fighting for a title like that that's the future of the sport um, until and maybe every once in a while you'll find a dude like um like like Max Holloway, who comes in and is able to build a career for himself over like the course of like twenty something fights. But okay. but th- those will be one in a million. Yeah, like you're Max not... is a special <laughs> yeah. fucking fight. Yeah, like, you're you're not you're not gonna see another one of him for under those circumstances yeah, like, for a while. That's... Basically, you're gonna see guys start to come in and they are not maybe finished products, but they are you know what they're going to be. Like, right. Connor was one of those dudes. Um, Volkanovski was one of those dudes, if you're, if you're being honest. Like, yeah, he's got, he's definitely gotten better since, like, he, he took Mizuto Hirona to, like, a draw. But, like, the, the groundwork for what his game would be was still there. It, it's just a bunch of sharpening at that point. Like, he's not still trying to figure himself out. He, he, is, he knows what he is, and he is just... Okay, this didn't work, so I'm gonna go back and just like you know work on um, you know pressuring to to be a better to be a more efficient pressure. He's not working on his actual pressure footwork. He's working on being better at what he's already good at. All right. So I just say that to say you know just if you got a free night scrolling through your cable or on the internet wherever you consume your content and you see like a little fight promotion, especially if you got fight pass. And you see a promotion that you're not super familiar with, just take a peek. Yeah. Like, and, just and, take a peek. And not every, you, you don't yeah, got to watch not every, card. every card's going to have, like, you know, a future UFC champion. But, like, right. you, you might catch a glimpse of something cool. Like, you know when the first time I ever saw Gennady Govka fight? I, I saw him fight on, um, I was bored one night in college. And, like, I think the U, there was no UFC. And I, I was, was, like... I, I have no idea what to do with my Saturday nights when there's no UFC. So, like, I, I was on, like, First Row Sports on the streaming, the, like, you know, the, 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 <laughs> yeah, the yeah. first row. I was down there, and I was just like, I wonder what's happening that I could get into real quick because I'm super bored. And then there was a Glovkin fight. He was fighting some dude in, like, Kazakhstan, and I got to watch him fight. Shoot. I mean, to be honest, you know, real quick, um, do, do we want to dissect this last Yeah, fight? I mean, good on Alex White. He looks like he's learning how to, like, do jiu-jitsu. Like, at, like actually grapple and 
he's looked better at lightweight. Like, uh, I'll give him, like, that, that's, that's really all I have. Like, Justin Damoret for making a fight. He, he came in hard, got off to a quick start, but was just, he lost the grappling exchanges he needed to win to win. That was, uh, that was the last fight of the card. Alex White, uh, defeated Damoret via unanimous decision. Uh, but going, going back to what we are talking about, I was going to say real quick, um, I found that the the WEC is like one of I don't know if my all time favorite promote it might be I don't know it, it is might be. for me I found the WEC randomly one night I was just scrolling through TV I don't even know I never watched Channel Two I don't know what Channel Two is I'm scrolling on the TV guy Channel Two was the versus channel I think that's what it was called and I see this long because you know like what. When you look at cable, you look at the guides. It shows the, just the the block of time that this event right. covers, and I see this long block for like two hours, and it says World Extreme Cage Fighting. I'm like, I have no idea what this is, but I have nothing else to do with my night, so I'm just gonna turn this on and see what happens. Who do I stumble on? Miguel Torres, Jose Aldo, Uriah Faber. I'm now addicted to this channel. Like. <laughs> That it took one time for me to watch one WEC event. Had no idea. Didn't know anybody on the card. Didn't know any of the fighters. Lo and behold, I watch all. I, I watched all of their cards, and now some years later, the UFC absorbs them, and everybody who I was a fan of came to the UFC and did awesome. Like, <laughs> well, most of them. Some 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 people didn't pan out. Poor Miguel Torres. But. <laughs> But, like, I just found that whole company just on a whim. Like, I just happened to scroll through a channel and stop. And I saw Jose Aldo killing your Rod Faber. Like, so it just goes to show you, man. Just, if you see a fight promotion you're not familiar with, not saying you're going to find the next Jose Aldo. You might not. But there's, there's just, there's other talent out there. There's other quality. Everybody comes from somewhere. Yeah, everybody's got to start from somewhere. So don't don't deprive yourself of of violence. So if you if you got like I said, if you got access TV and you're on a Friday night, you ain't doing nothing, you're lame, you're in the house, and it's like ten o'clock, go watch LFA. You'll you'll see you're guaranteed to see the one of those LFA dudes gonna end up in the UFC at some point, because most of the champions do. Um so just go go watch other regional fights and, and things like that. There's 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 stuff out there for all of us. But um that was all those side tangent. But I think it, it was a better end than talking about Damaret versus Alex White, if we're being honest. Which was a fine fight. It was just not really. Yeah. Like we said, not a ton of substance in the uh, prelims. <laughs> but um, that was UFC Wichita um, as a whole. Um, it's kind of hard for me to judge this because I didn't watch this in real time. But I'll say rewatching it, like, the main card was pretty fun. Um. Mm. But the prelims were kind of, eh, yeah. you know, so there were a lot of decisions. Um, like there, there were so, a lot, there were a lot of similar looking fights. Yeah, which, and, which makes for like, it, it feels like you're watching like one hour of the same fight as opposed to like four different fights. Right, and and even though, even though like the fights were competitive, it just wasn't a ton of. I want to see if fights didn't mean anything, but they didn't. They, they have. They they are not 
totally consequential in the way that we want them to be. Right. Like, I'm sure, like, Jeff uh, Hughes is, like, heartbroken that he lost his UFC debut. Or was this his second fight? I, I, I think it was his debut. Like, I'm sure, like, Jeff Hughes is heartbroken, but, like, at the same time, like, every fighter is going to be heartbroken they lose their UFC debut. Like, and, uh, like, I, I, I'm not, I wasn't a big Jeff Hughes believer before he got there, so. This, this card kind of was what it was, I guess. But, I mean, like, if you didn't see it, I would say watch the main card. The main card was pretty fun. Um, yeah. Prelims. If you, if you got time, you... go watch Kuniskaya Renault, uh, if only the third round, just because it was really cool. Yeah. And why, I would say, yeah, watch, watch the, yeah, watch Kuniskaya Renault, watch the Morono fight. I mean, it only lasted a round. Um, if you want to watch Snell move really fast <laughs> and smoke her, you can watch that. But uh, and may, maybe maybe check out the Maurice Green fight just because he's a heavyweight and just you know he's a new face. So um, may, maybe give that a peek. But the rest, eh, you know, is what it is. Not not really. Yeah, is what it is. And the, like I said, the main card was dope though. I would say watch the main card. May, may, oh, all right, maybe you can skip the Boch and Ogmedov fight. I, I don't think that was anything super crazy. But the rest of it, I think, was pretty entertaining. Um. So, you know, you can go back and watch that if you want. It, it was a cool card. Like, it was just kind of one of those cards that it, it was what it was. Um, if, if nothing else, you know, good, uh, an entertaining main event. Great win for JDS. And if you're a Zaleski fan, Zaleski continued to impress. And Nico Price knocked Tim Means out in what was a very violent one-round affair. So, there, there, were, there were some highlights on this card, but it wasn't anything, like, super crazy. Um, it just was what it was, but that was UFC uh, Wichita. So uh, I guess before we close out, uh, let's uh, answer the rest of the Joey's questions. Well, before before we get to his questions, he sent me an article about Amazon Prime, and there was a little nugget in there about um, the UFC. And I was wondering if you were interested in hearing what the Amazon had to say. Oh boy. Um, Amazon is tinkering around the uh, the edges. Last year, the company inked a deal with the uh, the Ultimate Fighting Championship to air pay-per-view fights. There's no discount available to, for Prime customers, but Prime is still very much in the equation. In the negotiations, Amazon asked the mar- uh, the, mar- uh, the Mixed Martial Arts League if it would consider scheduling more pay-per-view female fights. People with knowledge of the uh, discussion said. Amazon told the UFC... Its internal data indicated that an increase in female matches would appeal to Prime users, the people said, thus offering opportunities to promote Prime before, during, and after matches. The pitch didn't work. The UFC said top-level female fighting is still in its infancy and can't fill out a schedule, but the request underscored Amazon's broader effort. Hmm. So what do you make of that? <laughs> Hold on, they, they, you said the they US, can't. So a... basically, Amazon went to the UFC and was like, "Hey, can you put more women on the car on these pay per view cards? Because our internal data shows that when you do, we basically like we see an uptick in interest. Because like if you think about it, who are the people who use Amazon Prime? It's a whole bunch of uh, uh, moms, basically. You feel me? Yeah, I mean, and then the UFC came back and was like, they can't do that because there's just not enough women on the roster to fill out. Women's mixed martial arts is so much in its infancy that it's not worth like 
they can't fill out a schedule. Which is, one, you could just always sign more women. Two, you always book them more than, like, once a year. Yeah, see, I, I was going to say for the UFC, if you're going to say no, I don't think that was the, uh... <laughs> that wasn't the way to, like... Because I don't really think that's true. Nah. Like, that's, like... This isn't like when Bantamweight first started and there were like five people. I mean, now there's 18 like... people. <laughs> but even then, like, if you just did it with Strawweight, there's still... Strawweight, right, yeah. Like, Strawweight has a ton of And, talent. like, Flyweight has a bunch of interesting talent. Maybe not, like, not, I'm going to fight Valentina Shevchenko in the next 12 months and, like, murk her, but, like, we, we've seen 205ers and heavyweights who probably have no business being on a pay-per-view be on pay-per-views you know what i mean right yeah so you can't tell me you can't throw a you know why the suarez in this somewhere. yeah yeah like <laughs> like suarez could open a pay-per-view yeah. um freaking what's her name um except that cover you could open a pay-per-view like i don't know it, it, it's just it, it's just some Ugh, logic to yeah, that was that's. I I I could get the UFC saying no based on like, because I don't I, I get what Amazon was saying, but I, I guess I don't know. Maybe it's just the way I'm picturing it, it in my head. I don't picture the average Amazon shopper like caring about the UFC. I guess I, I think Amazon said that they had from the internal data they have that when women fight, Amazon Prime shoppers are more interested. Than like I guess your normal MMA fighter, but I think that I I think and I I could be totally wrong about this. They are factoring in Ronda Rousey, which is kind of a um an outlier, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, that's not really a. But then again, so is Conor McGregor. Like you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I don't know, but if if this is the case, it, it makes me interested in. Like what the UFC's plans are moving forward with their women's divisions. Yeah, that's crazy. Like in 2019, you're saying it. Like <laughs> we're we're acting like women just started fighting like yesterday. Right. Like yeah, no, stop, stop. But uh, yeah, that's yeah. We can get to these Joey questions now. All right, let's let's, let's see what Joey's got up. To. Uh, number one. What would you attribute the relatively smooth start of the ESPN UFC deal compared to the Fox UFC deal? Um, right out the box, I think ESPN, like, one, the UFC is not a priority in the same way it was for Fox. Like, Fox milked the UFC for everything they were worth. Like, a, a, a thing that helps is that ESPN is... No, well, no. Like they are in, they have other thing. Like they have other things going on. That that ES, that Fox Sports doesn't have all year round. Like maybe Fox Sports has like NASCAR or like playoff baseball, but like right now, the freaking the, they are doing like college football. Like uh, not college football, but college basketball. Like they they that's a thing. That's a big thing for them. They that that's a thing that gets like too many people to tune in every Saturday and night. And they're currently doing like, like I've been watching in the background here ESPN uh, ESPN two the um the Louis uh, that was the Louisville um the Louisville 
game, uh, Louisville Notre Dame game. Like, um, and right now they have the SEC tournament final between Arkansas and Mississippi State. Like, these are big deals. People tune in for these, and the UFC's probably getting put in the back burner. Uh, would probably get put in the back burner. Like, they didn't. Uh, who were they airing last night? Was it a college basketball game or was it an NBA game? No, I think. I think Duke and was that was it Duke and UNC? That was last night, but it was at six. Like, so it was over by eight. But I don't know the game. The game after that was a college game. I remember now. I don't remember what the teams were, but I think it was like Memphis and Tulsa. Um, point being, like, like ESPN has deals with other companies that like draw ratings. All right. And they they, they as a result we don't have, we we're not gonna get a UFC card at ESPN where we have to sit through from like we have to sit there from like. Five o'clock to like one o'clock in the morning because they just don't have the time schedule. For it, they have other they have other things to fill in. They have their own stuff going on, like the thirty for thirty series and stuff like that. Like they they have, they have commitments. Um. Another thing is, that I think they're just used to like sports broadcasting. Yeah, I was gonna say I think it just goes smooth because ESPN just knows what they're doing. Like, <laughs> like there's a reason they've been like the number one most recognized sports brand like they've just been in this they've just been doing this for so long and i mean albeit like mma is like a new a new like i guess like venture for them i guess you could say but it's still a sport like they still they, they understand that like okay we might have like people are happier with the event when they run quicker Right, like they're not like I don't I don't remember the reasoning, but there was a there was a line that Fox really wanted the overrun to go past midnight because I think it brings up their Sunday ratings. Like ESPN doesn't give a damn about that. They, they need no. the, like, the, like between like Sunday football coverage and like all that other good stuff they have going on. Like they don't need the UFC to do an overrun at one o'clock in the morning. Like they can get the card over by twelve and just. And still be content with like what it does. Um, and like like you said, like ESPN knows what to do. Like they know how to keep people happy and engaged with their uh, with the content they have on their screen. Right. I mean, and and let's be honest. As much as we all love MMA, compared to college basketball, you know, college basketball, college football. <laughs> these other sports that they run are so much bigger like mma is like a blip on the radar like this is probably light work for them dude to handle. the um the notre dame championship game for college women's basketball last year drew more people than any mma fight that didn't involve kimbo slice or was the main event of the first fox card you know what i mean it got like right. two point five to three million people to tune in. Yeah, like and that and that's college and... women's basketball. Where like I'm the only person who cares about it. <laughs> and I, I just think for one, it goes smooth because ESPN is just a recognizable brand. But I, I said this before: having everything in a centralized location makes it so much easier. Right. Like you know, it's going to be on ESPN or ESPN Plus. I'm not traveling to Fox. Fox Sports 1, 2, Fox Sports... Fuel. I don't know. Yeah, like Fuel, FX, all these other places. I know when I want to watch my fights, I'm going to ESPN. ESPN, and it's ESPN either gonna, 2, 
or ESPN Plus. Like it's simple. Yeah, basically. You're right. It's 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 easy to follow. The casual. This is a, a it's it's centralized now to where the average person can follow this. Yeah, and even when they have things, they're like, okay, we have to start this the card on ESPN two because the basketball game is running late. Like that's right. one. Like most times, I'm not sure if it's like down there, but like. Just it's one, one channel, channel over, and people know where ESPN right. Two is. <laughs> right. So it just it made sense. It it made sense. I would have been more surprised had this not worked out, and it just been a disaster. Like the the only way it could have been a disaster if they did what they did with boxing and let Stephen A. Smith just hop on the fucking microphone. <laughs> well, apparently they're not in the UFC. Like I think they get to choose like who gets to do um commentary, but they, they, so far they suck with like MMA guys like Chael Sonnen and um. Gilbert Melendez. So good on them. Yeah, like I said, it's ESPN knows what's yeah. going on. So I trust this deal. Will, this will be the best. <laughs> this, barring a catastrophe, this will probably be one of the best things that has ever happened. And, and, and one last thing. They got to see Fox fuck it up for like seven years. All like, right. <laughs> there, there was definitely a programmer or a producer at ESPN who went through like all this, the tweets from... East Coast fans being like, I don't want to stay up till one thirty in the morning to watch um, a fight. Like, let me get out of here real quick. So they saw quickly what. Yeah, happened. like, and if we're being real, Fox was the first channel to cover like an actual sport, where like they have pre and post fights, and they have like the fighter interview. Like, for all intents and purposes, Spike covered it like, like they covered. I, I guess like you could call it like TNA or or Raw. Like they, that's it was a TV show before it was a sport, a sporting event. Right. So um, like like they, they ESPN had a lot of things going for it, from experience to just watching Fox fuck it up for so damn long. Um, happy it's working because like I said, it it makes such a difference between sitting there for five like. Getting things over by like ten o'clock, ten thirty, and then having to sit there for till one o'clock in the morning when the card starts at five o'clock or something like. Right, it has been a, it's made a world of difference, and I love it. <laughs> I, I love mean, we've it. probably been a lot more generous on these cards than if we had sat through them, like last year. Right. Like I, I feel like at the end, like in, especially in the fall when we were just going through that slump of cards where. You know, they were just happening, and we had no idea, like, why. Like, we, we were just really done, like, burnt. Right. And they get reflected. Oh. And, like, here, like, you know, we're both tired, but, like, we... we, we it's it's, it was manageable, and, like, neither one of us is upset that we watched the card last night. Right. So, yeah, that's, that's why ESPN is a... Plus, watch running. Yeah. Um. Right, other question. Thoughts on Yana Kuniskaya versus Jermaine Deronomy as a potential number one contender fight at 135 pounds. I don't think they will ever give Jermaine Deronomy anywhere near like another title shot because like Jermaine is on the blacklist along with Nico Montano. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah. Like she's unreliable. Like I don't want to say she's unreliable, but she, she, you don't know if she's making a date. She has a full time job as a cop. Um, yeah, she refused to fight Chris Cyborg 
<laughs> Which isn't that different from what Nico Montano did by refusing to fight uh, Valentina Shevchenko, except she had a legitimate-ish excuse. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think they like JDR enough for that. Like, I, I think they would beat her to. Well, I don't even know if there's any way to beat her too. But they might run a rematch back with somebody who's already beaten her. You know what I mean? Um, just, yeah. just to make a point about like. Um, I don't know. I I feel like they're waiting on Juliana Pena to come back. And that's what they're gonna give JDR, so they can get her in there with a wrestler who might be able to take her down. Yeah, and then shoot her out. Yeah, here. but like Yana Kuniskaya in a potential number one contenders match. I mean, she's only one, she's two and zero, two and one in the UFC, but the one is Cyborg, so who really cares about that? Uh, I believe she beat Lino Landsberg and um. Now she'd be uh, Mary Renault. Um, who who do you think? Like, because like, obviously next is Holly Holm, right? Like that that's who the UFC yeah, wants to yeah, match her with. It's, it's, it's Holly. Pain is in the wing somewhere. Just, Where's Caitlin Vieira? What she tore she, she tore her leg up or something. Like she had a leg injury uh, last year and just hasn't been able to fight since. Um, uh. I don't know. Maybe that does because like bantamweight is became one of those divisions kind of quick where it's just like the challenges are running right. thin and you just you just kind of got to pick. Who you like maybe pick. she fights um, the winner of Aspen Lad uh, Eubanks. Yeah. Lad, Lad's next if, if she can make weight healthily. Um, or may, maybe Caleb Vieira is closer to getting back than we thought. Oh, I, like I hope so. Like. But yeah, Durant, Durant and me, yeah, that's that's that's. Yeah, I, I think they're going to try to find somebody to beat Durant and me with the quickness, if if they ever book her ever again. <laughs> and he had one last question that uh, uh, he wanted our picks for uh, Errol Spence versus Mikey Garcia. Um, I I'm biased. Ooh. I'm picking Spence because <laughs> I need Spence to. I need. I I can't have Spence lose until he fights Crawford. So I have to. I'm Spence. picking Spence mostly because Garcia, like Garcia's tiny next to him, and I I can't imagine that volume and that power will not eventually break him, or if not break him, like nullify any offense he has going. Like like. Garcia wasn't able to hurt, um, what's his name? Uh, Broner. I, I, I don't have any, there's no, there's nothing to show me that he has anything to hurt Spence, you know? Yeah. Now, he did, don't get me wrong, he did a great job boxing Broner the fuck up, but, like, Broner just got beat by Manny Pacquiao throwing zero punches, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I'm, 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 like I said, I'm 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 not as knowledgeable in boxing as MMA, but I've been following Spence for a long time. I mean, I mean not a long time, but I've been following him for some years now. So I just I stick with him because I know him, and like I've just yeah, it's just, it's a fanhood thing. <laughs> I don't really have a technical breakdown. It's a fanhood thing. I got I got to stick with him. Yeah, uh, 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 Garcia goes out there and does well for himself because like that. That that's the bar he's working with. He does not have to win. He just has to not 
get destroyed. Like, yeah, manhandle. Yeah, go out there and just put on a solid. Once, yeah, win some solid. rounds. You know, do the damn thing. So, yeah, that's where we're all we're all rolling with Spence. Um, so thank you, Joey, for the questions. The rest of you guys, be like Joey. Send in questions. I think we haven't asked for questions Lance. in a minute. See, I don't like tagging people, but I'm gonna start tagging you guys. I don't like to be that guy, but maybe I'll just start doing that again. But uh, that was uh pretty much it for today's episode. Next weekend we'll have Till versus Masvidal. That'll be a that that'll be a thing. <laughs> Bless you. But also on that card, Leon Edwards, Gunnar Nelson, <laughs> Dominic Reyes coming back against Vulcan Uzdemir. Um, Joe Duffy, he'll, he'll be back. Yeah, it's a pretty good card. Uh, yeah, so it'll be a decent card. It'll be some, be some fisticuffs. We'll see how it goes. Um, but yeah, that is pretty much it for today's episode. So as always, we'll close with uh, parting shots and shout-outs. Um... Why did I not keep the Twitter post up? Oh god! <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna try to search this uh, while I explain the story. Um, it's not really a story. Um, I don't know. Shout out to uh, all right. So the person who posted this uh, is at Angela A Gordon One. Um, I don't know if this was her. Oh yeah, this is her son. Alright, um, like in social media, man, like you just see a lot of trash, <laughs> like all day, every day, everything is just a bad time, it's always just a bunch of foolishness, but every now and then, you get a nice video that just, you know, it makes you feel good, it gives you hope, you know, you realize that there's still good out in the world, so I just wanted to highlight uh, one of those videos that put a smile on my face. Uh, so, at Angela A. Gordon 1 posted a video of, of her son, Miles, who, um, I guess he entered a contest called the Land's End Mini Meteorologist Contest for 2019. Um, so, basically, just the video is, uh, I guess, her at the table with, with the kid, and they hand him the envelope, you know, he opens it up. And just, like, the look on his face when he saw that, like, I guess he won the contest, and there were, like, I guess, four people. Uh, who got selected to win, so he was one of the four. It was just like a really nice, it's just a really quick video. It's not even a minute long. It just put a smile on my face. Just little kid, really happy to win a meteorology contest. Um, so I don't know, it, it made me smile. Um, so I, I just wanted to share some positive vibes in the midst of all the, the craziness we see on social media. Go go watch a little kid be awesome. Um, we need, we need more of that. I, I was happy to see that. Just the look of, like, shock on his face. Like, oh, I won. And he was, like, just super happy. So, it made me smile. So, if you're on Twitter, um, you can look up that, that video. Like I said, it's at Angela A. Gordon 1. Um, and you'll see it. The video has, at this point, 170 retweets. Ah, <laughs> retweets. And, like, 1,600 likes. The video has 110,000 views. So you'll you'll know it when you come across it. But like I said, it's only like a minute long. But I don't know. I just wanted to share that video. Shout outs to to, to Miles. Uh, go go be a meteorologist. And I'm I'm glad you won. That, that was awesome. Um, I don't have any shout outs uh, or shots. 
Uh, no, shots to Mario Party. I played that yesterday. Don't hate right. the Don't <laughs> yeah. hate the game, man. It's a good, <laughs> it's a good game. <laughs> Mario Party, like people always talk about, like Mario Kart will piss you off. No, Mario Party will get you livid. Like, ugh. it's a good game though. But it's just, I didn't have a good time yesterday. I came in last place. It was not a good time. But uh, that's that's all I got for party shots and shout outs. Um, uh, uh, shout outs to Arkansas's uh, what's her name, Chelsea Dungey, who is about to pass, like as we speak, the record for most points in the SEC tournament. She's at eighty-eight. The record's like ninety. You know, she's in the finals today, playing Mississippi State. Um, so you know, good luck to her. And uh, shout out to Nick Soriano, who. Uh, fellow former Bergen Catholic slash Penn State and I guess Rucker alum. Well, he's not an alum yet. He's still in college, but um, uh, but he he's out here. He just made it to the finals of the big uh was a the big wrestling tournament. It just says big wrestling tournament. <laughs> uh, the Big Ten wrestling tournament. Um, he's in the finals. He beat some dude. Who, according to Stowe's, got in his face earlier in the year, uh, DeSanto, after he beat him. So, you know, pr- shouts to Nick, um, making North Jersey proud. You know, uh, that's really it. I am, I am, I'm running on fumes here. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Well, on that note, I need to eat. <laughs> we can, uh, Go ahead and uh, bring this to a close. So, uh, as always, man, you guys can check this podcast out on SoundCloud, YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. Follow us on social media at the Dojo Talk Podcast Facebook page as well as the Instagram page. Follow me on Twitter at Serial Sensei. You can also follow me on Twitch, which I will probably be streaming in about an hour. Um, So, check me out on there. Send questions to Dojo Talk Podcast at Yahoo.com. Um... And that's it, man. Thank you guys for listening. Please share, retweet, tag a friend. If they're an MMA fan or a combat sports fan, send this to them. We can't uh, grow this this little dojo operation without you guys. Uh, but at all, eh. but as always, anytime people are being punched and or kicked in the face, we will be there to talk about it. And until next time, we will catch you guys later. <laughs>